This week in league, Tim Molson patiently awaits his turn to sign on as fullback for the Brisbane Broncos. How Fluffy got his groove back. A big fat Greek vacation. If Luke Bailey retires in front of his home fans but no one comes to watch, is he still retired? And we preview all of the action for the final round of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 170 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, feedback this week. Is the season over yet? Nearly. It's great. This is the last, apart from the Twillies and uh, the Hits and Misses episode, and I reckon we'll do the Twillies, we might have to bust, we'll bust that out live, do you reckon, or we'll just bust it out pissed? Live and pissed, Nathan. Live, would be, it'd, be, it'd be good for the people, like the listeners. We did it live last year. Yeah, it was fucking, people love that shit. It's magnificent. It was a... Uh, it was fucking. It was. It was. It was fun. I mean, it got harder to do the, the more the more drinking that was done because, like, trying to fucking cue songs and <laughs> all this shit. Oh, I just had to sit there, pour bourbon down my neck. Yeah, and, and just talk about stuff and, and, and unwrap an envelope every couple of minutes. Yeah, <laughs> the envelopes got hard by the end of the night. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be. We got like, we'll start thinking about that soon. Anyway, now you mentioned it, but yeah, um, the last of the super long episodes though, because uh, as of next week. The amount of games each weekend gets smaller and smaller. Yes, and I get more and more sleep. Yes. And I become happier and happier. <laughs> or maybe do, not. I get to do more and more work, which means more and more money, which means happier wife. <laughs> Twitter feedback, at Mark Hill. If you could have a free punch at any NRL player, who would it be? Gotta be Ennis. What a filthy, whiny little cunt he is. He'd be top top five, surely. Ennis, Sauer. He'd, he'd be up. He'd be up there. I mean, certainly as. I'd as probably bull- go Ben Craig, because I know he wouldn't eat me back. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's like in the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah, I'd love to. You get free- more more resistance out of one of those punching dolls. You know, they yeah. flip back and. Yeah. Hit. yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, because it's a free shot, so you don't have to worry about the con- you know those consequences. Don't worry about oh, getting okay, hit back. Okay. It's a free shot. Yeah. So. Dave Taylor. Yeah. That dude wouldn't even be on my radar, I reckon, really? for a smack in the face. I'd love to smack, love, love to, love to give one to Ennis. I mean, probably not the first, probably not the. He probably wouldn't be top of my list, but you know, I see red with Bulldogs players, and so you know, he would, would be on the list. I think Reynolds would equally be probably on the list. Um, I think uh, Cameron Smith. I didn't very oh, big. Wow. Cameron Smith. I, I didn't really have a major Billy problem Slater. with Reynolds until that Broncos game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cameron Smith and or and or Billy Slater, maybe Billy Slater gets ahead of him in the lineup. Um, I'm just mentally just going through clubs. I think Can- I think Canberra safe Soward or after the weekend Soward's probably top of the list at the yeah, top of mind at the moment. Uh, Jack Whiten, just, yes. just slap some sense into him. Yeah, just like Canberra. he seems he seems like he's he's part of the way there. With the absence he- of Ferguson, I, I I I think I'd probably leave Canberra alone on my little tour of punching everybody. Ricky Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Does that count? I just laugh at him. This is fucking laughing. You can't, you can't coach. Fucking your, your shit, can't. You don't have to beat shit. Tigers, but hey, Ricky, your shit. <laughs> you're so shit. How do you get to be so shit? You're a good player. <laughs> you're a good coach when you're coaching twenties and shit. How do you get to be so shit? You shit. Um, I just, I'm trying to trying to think. Of any Broncos players? I don't even think. Of, oh yeah, Justin Hodges. He'd fucking cop it. He'd be actually in the top three. Really? Yeah. I'd probably soccer kick him in the head like Pride style too. On the way you know what? Yep. Who my number one pick above all else? Who? Robert Louis. 
Oh, it's so obvious when you think about it. I was working my way up the coast. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really have anyone who got... No so, I apologise to Dave Taylor. Like, yeah, like, well, even, like, I think the, the Titans, even, like, Greg Bird, I'm like, oh, yeah, nah, like... He doesn't rate on the same level as like the you know the guys I've already mentioned for me, but yeah, Louis, of course. Yeah, because you know I can watch Dave Taylor and he does some some stuff that annoys me. The the way he carries on when people make a mistake or if he tackles someone over the sideline, he's always fucking, you know. And then he yeah. makes a mistake and someone does it to him and then he wants to fire up and and punch on. Yeah. So, but no, Dave Taylor, I apologise because yeah. you don't even rate on the same stratosphere as Robert Louis. Yeah, Robert Louis would be the one you fucking. Get one punch out of your system, then you just don't stop. And then, twenty-four you know, fucking cruises. Next thing you look at is a fucking pile of goo on the fucking complaining. asphalt. You got no knuckles left because you've been punching the bitumen through his head <laughs> for the last five minutes. <laughs> just, for, seen just for uh, you know the what he's done and and disgraced the sport and and himself. Yep. And um and and set you know people's perceptions of rugby league even further back. You know, I'd like to get him to a point where he had to be hosed off the pavement. Yeah, there's actually two things. Like the punch thing, I think Louis gets all the time. But, you know, there's some players that you just like to go up, just like the Rick James, like, you know, what the five fingers yeah. say, and just give him a big slap in the face, like fully come down on it and everything. And that's a different thing to punch people. I mean, you know, like it'd be just cool just to fucking just slap <laughs> But I mean, the reference, the reference, the, the way Louis would be, if, you know, if one of us, you, you won't get the reference, but the, the way Louis would be, if it was one of us, would be like if anyone's watching The Strain, it's a new show. Um, Fuck, first, what I have to keep bringing out these new shows that I don't watch? The first, the, the first episode, I think it's the first episode when they're at the when they're at the airport and the the big bad master gets that guy that works for the airport, um, the the airline or whoever that official guy. What he does to his head, that's what had happened to Louis. <laughs> I can show you later. It's pretty disgusting. He's pretty much no. Fl- I don't need to see it. Pretty much, just out. flattens it. Just okay. keeps beating it until it's just. Fucking goo. It's very interesting. Interesting question, though. And, you know, it's an interesting question. It's interesting for us to talk about. It's probably not interesting for us to get too many tweets about because everyone's going to say the same thing because I think the, the players that need a punch in the face are fairly well identified and, you know, pretty clear for, for most people. But we're interested in hearing what you have to say. And especially if you've got any out-of-the-box ones, like... If you know someone's gonna come up with some clean skin sort of thing, like they want to fucking yeah, they, they, they want to punch Corey Parker in the face, like why? He's a bit of a lair, Corey Parker. He's on the field though. Did I tell you about? Did I tell you about the time at Kangaroo Point Stairs? Where I saw Corey Parker training with the Broncos. Not sure. Tell it again, anyway. <clears throat> I was um, running the Kangaroo Point Stairs in my weight vest, and um, I was getting towards the end of my session, so I had um, I was just walking up the stairs. Sorry, walking walking down the stairs. Why were you walking? What you should have been running, yeah. Oh, it was, it was the end of my session, so oh, I was finished okay. with the walk. Okay. So yep. I walked down the stairs and then back along the river, and up up the hill. Anyway, so the Broncos come trotting up, and every single one of them has their Broncos training gear on. Yep. Except Corey Parker, who has a flannelette <laughs> shirt with the sleeves cut off it or torn off it. Yeah. And a trucker hat on. Backwards. Like, yeah, like, was it on backwards? Or like a little broken off to the side a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And like, he's pretty fit. Didn't look like he was really breaking too much of a sweat. Yeah. Had, you know, another shirt on underneath the flannelette shirt with it. It's like it was a full fucking fashion parade at the Kangaroo Point. Working hard though, or just like, was he slapping oh, yeah, off too? Was, he, was, he was at the front of the pack, don't get me wrong. But you're there to train. It's training. 
not a fashion parade. Yeah. He does have a bit of lair in him, Corey Parker, but if that's the worst yeah, thing... Yeah, but that's not... If, that, that, you know, if what that's the worst thing, me, what I wouldn't you, say that anyone's going to punch him in the face for that. Don't get what, me wrong. What you described to me just then is not is not punch in the face. No, no, not... Opinion. No, no, it wasn't my point. I was just, just saying he's got a little bit of a lair in his game. That's about the most arbitrary thing I could say. Darius Boyd. Fucking club him. Well... He could have some mental health issues, and I don't really. He's want graduated to win from the Ben Barber three-week rehab program. He's good now. Three weeks, and all your problems are solved. <laughs> they do live in a special world, rugby league players. Throw down some fucking ouzo and <laughs> smash some plates. <laughs> Spiros is your father's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Spiro. Now, um, <laughs> our pop. Swank of essence. <laughs> I was trying to make a signal that Uncle Spiro should be the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, he's got. He's and when got, I say make a signal, I meant not looking at you or yeah, making any hand yeah, movements or, or, or communicating any in, in any identified <laughs> method other than perhaps telepathy. <laughs> anyway, our pops. Hey, boys! Second time in a week, you boys got me home safe from Rocky. Cheers. Hash lifesavers. <laughs> yeah, not doing our job properly because I was trying so hard. <laughs> to get him to crash. Yeah. <laughs> Dashing down one. There's enough ex players around. Why do Fox have non footy players like Shervo and Iken commentating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Look, it's it's weird. They got they they feel like they have, they have personalities there. Like personalities over and some players, some ex players have have the personality. You know, so they sort of well, in, you know, this is their their thinking, so they can slot them straight into a post football career. Mark Gaznia. yeah, personality. How'd that fucking happen? I don't know how that happened. Honestly, I don't know how that happened. I mean, it ain't what you know it to, you know, and he must know some fucking powerful people. <laughs> What's that guy? Um, used to play hooker for the Raiders, Simon Wolford. Yeah, Jam. The fuck does he get a gig? Yeah. When there's lots of articulate players who retire, well, the problem is the the articulate top top ten percent uh, of um, smart football players, intelligent football players who are articulate, they actually go into proper careers of yeah. you know, business and <laughs> medicine and things like yeah, that. I guess so. Um, I don't I don't have an issue with personality like Sherva. I don't think he does a horrible job. I think he's he only like needs a host. He's only game like a, analysis. He's only, he's only sort of like a, yeah. mostly like a moderator. As soon as he stays out of the game analysis, I think he he probably goes okay. He's just he's just a shit kind of doesn't know doesn't know what he's you know he doesn't know where, where he is. I mean like he's a manly he's a manly supporter. Then he was, was employed by you know St. George. George. Mm. So I mean, nah, men's got to feed his anaconda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're gonna be like a traitor like that. You know, Pays the so. bills. Yeah, I guess. Sammy Boy, 1986. Late, but I love the new merch ideas. Hats off for the supporter shirt. I think he's in the English terminology of shirt. I think he means the jersey. Mm. Or perhaps Fucking Guernsey, poms. as they say. Guernsey. Fucking poms. He says, I want one. Oh, well, that's all right then. Hat, I'll scarf, hoodie, wicked for us in cold countries. Andy underscore Should C's. do some fucking This Week in League soap. <laughs> Yeah, because the stomach coolers aren't getting much fucking work over there, are they? <laughs> yeah. uh, Andy underscore Siegs. Playing soccer today, guy goes down clutching his ankle. I leaned over to check on him, then heard someone call him Mitch. I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Turning the world against Mitches. <laughs> One Mitch at a time. I love it. Mr. <laughs> underscore. And now they're going to get on Twitter and go, 12 minutes in, first Mitch reference. 
I love it. And they all just, you know, pull out their lipsticks and fucking <laughs> grab the Vaseline and lube up in anticipation of some mitching. And rub them furiously. <laughs> and um, just, a, just a little shout out to Sam, Mr. Wars. It's going to be rough sitting through Nathan Gill stroking it while recapping the Manly game on this week in league. I may need to be drunk. Yes, Sam. I'll be drunk most days. And thank you for jinxing that game by calling it 20 minutes early. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sam, Sam, Facebook. Sam. One from uh, Jake, a.k.a. Uh, Runoff Renoff on Twitter. Gave him a shout-out uh, from our Twitter. <laughs> we meant to do it from the show, but I didn't have it written down, so I fucking forgot because that's how that's how I roll. If it's not in front of me, I'll forget it. Um, he got, so he got married on the show. Yeah, he got, mar- he got married on, on Saturday. and uh, She can do better. Yeah, 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 I absolutely can. And uh, and so I was supposed to give him a shout-out. I did give him a shout-out on Twitter, though, to, to make sure we did actually get there in the Congratulations, end. Congratulations. Congratulations. And uh, he sent us a Facebook thing. Uh, fellas, run-off, run-off here. I'm a bit late to the party with a story on meeting players. Hey, you're never late to the party. This show this show ain't going to fucking write itself. We will we flog did, a dead we horse. Did, we, need these, we need these stories to, to bump up our running time a good five, ten minutes. <laughs> anyway, I'm a bit late to the party with a story on meeting players, but I thought I'd share this one with you anyway. Back in the day when wearing chambray shirts and RMs and drinking at Fridays could be forgiven, a group of us were sitting at a table at that establishment when we noticed an extremely blind John Plath. Is a player I love to talk about. <laughs> we were chuckling along to how drunk he looked when he sidled up to our table, leant on it with both hands as if he had something to say but just couldn't get the words out. He was that level of pissed. Before he could, one of my mates, Chris, who liked nothing more than listening to and quoting the 12th Man CDs, said in his best rabs voice, Hey, John, do you know if you run off, ran off, often enough you'll score tries? Much to our amusement. Plathy finally got his words out. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> At that, he zigzagged his way back across the dance floor with us in stitches in the background. And many years later, a Twitter handle was born. Run off, run off. <laughs> Poor old Johnny Platt. <laughs> Utility extraordinaire. He's just like one of those guys that just fell upwards. Yeah. <laughs> Found himself amongst some great players. And they carried him all the way to, you know... Premiership, uh, uh, and- premiership, yeah, a career that you can look back on with uh, some degree of pride. <laughs> some degree of pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's like had a massive win today. I was there, but I didn't contribute to it. But here's the ring. <laughs> Do you know you? Just thinking, the Tigers didn't want the spoon. But they still wanted to decline so much they pretended to do well for the first part of the season just so that they could decline in the second half. 176 points leaked in four games is a fair effort. Hashtags in decline. Fuck you, you. <laughs> Saguna. Saguna. Fellas, I'm utterly offended by fellow Twitter listeners thinking my stories are made up. I can assure you uh, 100,000% that my stories are true. I just made up a percentage. Yeah, I had to count the zeros because he didn't, <laughs> didn't put commas in there. Um, then he's followed up with a story, just for the haters. As promised, NRL story time with Saguna's volume two. The year was 2007. The Tigers had lost to the Eels on a Friday night Golden Point game. I would always head to Roxy's later in the night for a few drinks. The Parramatta team just happened to be there. I got introduced to the team by one of my fellow mates and got talking with Wade McKinnon and Jared Hayne. After a few drinks, the two of them seemed horny as fuck and they went on the prowl looking for a good time. An hour later, I was just with my mates when we saw the Hayne, saw Hayne and McKinnon both chatting to this fine-looking girl. We were having a laugh to see who she would take when all of a sudden the three had disappeared. Not knowing where they went, along doing our own thing, we went along doing our own thing. A few hours passed, and we decided to call it a night. As I was driving home, I see these two human shadows trying to stay on, on two feet in the middle of a median strip down Parramatta Road. 
uh, I pulled up and saw it was the two and pulled up to see if they were okay. They were pissed and looked uncomfortable and upset. I said to Wade if everything was... I asked, I asked Wade if everything was all right and his response was, nah, mate, she fucking pulled out. I asked if they wanted a lift, but they agreed they were okay. <laughs> they said they were okay and, let, and I left them. Rumor of the story goes that the girl agreed to threes a crowd session in which she backed out and left them pissed off. A sex tape we never get to see. Well... A sex tape we never wanted to see. Surely Wade McKinnon would have got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now, email. Firstly, from uh, remember last week we spoke briefly um, about a very, very in, uh, well put together proposal for the future of the international game and yes. uh, associations between clubs and whatnot. From uh, Frullins, F R U L E N S. Uh, Aiden sent us an email. And he said, I just want to say a big thank you for raising my idea for club affiliation last week. I've got some great feedback from the Twill Nation so far. I know I don't tweet much, but I listen to you boys right from the beginning. Living down here in AFL Mad Melbourne, the Twill Nation fills that big gap, especially hearing Glenn's great highs and horrible lows following my mighty wests. Anyway, I know my proposal hurt your head. <laughs> so I was a lot there, so I thought I might try and summarise it. I just, I just, for the, just for the record, it didn't actually hurt our head. I just thought us glossing over the details in point form probably did it, did it an injustice and and so the idea was to get people actually just intrigued enough to go and digest it themselves which they did he said, my main point of view is that rugby league is too small to be operating in silos or continual infighting. Instead, if all league organisations across the globe could work together and we could have something very big. As the NRL is the strongest comp, they should take the lead. And there are a lot of benefits for NRL clubs in world club affiliation. I think if each NRL club have an affiliated Super League club, they suddenly get an extra 100,000 plus supporters buying merchandise. They get access to the best talent and they're able to bleed their rising talent in stronger competition to New South Wales or Queensland Cup. I still don't see it sending players all the way over to England though. Roll out the same content to the talent-rich NFL playing USA and the rising European market, and you have a very strong network of playing talent pathways and supporter base. Like you were saying last week, think of those NFL players who haven't made the cut. They'd be awesome to convert. Imagine if each USA league team had links to NFL clubs and played in summer as their off-season entertainment. Obviously, if you look at it from the UK-USA point of view, they have much-needed investment into their competitions. They would also get access to the up-and-coming Aussie talent. Think about popping the bubble at these young stars if they had to do their apprenticeship in a city in Russia. They would certainly mature a lot quicker. They'd wind up dead instead of fucking Snapchat. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah, I don't know that anyone's going to put their hand up to go and play for the Ukraine bombers. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if... Would they play in the Russian League or would they be excluded, Nathan? These are the questions. they got some money though, isn't it? So, you know... I don't... I, I, can, I can guarantee that... Give me $400,000 to play for... Well, no, I mean, if I was playing for Manly, I'd never, never ever move. But I mean, 400000 if I was playing for, like, you know, Wes or, <laughs> or a million to did go to have, Russia. Did you have to? Really? Or Cronulla or fucking Canterbury or, you know, or a million, you know, something doubling your salary to go to Russia. I'm the type of person, I love to see fucking different cultures and stuff. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'll do that for a year or two. Then after that, find another cool place to send me to. Affiliations with NFL clubs, look, they don't like their players fucking riding skateboards, let alone playing another yeah. contact sport. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think, I still think that it's... It, the the players who don't make the cart sure are essentially training they're essentially training by them themselves out. and not you know mm. and they're not doing anything they're they're just training in the hope that you know someone picks them up on waivers for you know it's pretty uh, I, I think it's a pretty shit shit go actually once you get once you get cut from the side I mean you know not a lot of future in it I mean it's a slope get, yeah yeah so uh, 
you know, if if their best players move to their affiliated Australian team that they already support, then it's different to just losing them. For example, if Wigan Warriors, Wellington, NZ Warriors, then all the Wigan fans would support NZ Warriors in NRL and still cheer Sam Tompkins. It's a similar idea to Man City just buying Melbourne Heart and New York soccer teams. Everyone wins. Rugby League just needs to pull its heads out of their own ass and think bigger. Anyway, love the show. West 2015 Premiers, asterisk, undefeated, asterisk, Brooksy Daly M, asterisk. I like the way he finished. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Everything he said up to the point was bullshit, but the ending was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, there's yeah, there's a lot to lot to think about, and it it comes back to you know what I've said before about rugby league generally having inferior having an inferiority complex um, with regard to to other sports across the world. Um, they really do need to think globally and and as they say, think globally, act locally, mm-hmm. but make some, you know, some real meaningful con- connections with Super League clubs and, you know, developing countries and, and you know, spread the knowledge, spread the training, spread the, the skills, um, coaching and, and players until, you know, globally the game surpasses rugby union and, and, and it's, you know, a multi-billion dollar enterprise, which, you know, entertainment value-wise, it, it can certainly hold its own, oh, I feel. far, far superior to rugby union for entertainment value. And NFL. Yeah, I don't know. I like those, but I like them both equally, probably. Well, maybe not equally. still like league more, but... I just, you know, NFL's, you know, the the gladiators, it's, it's a real, you know, game of strategy and, yep. you know, Americans... Fast-paced action, contact. Yep. You know, it's it's fucking made for them. Made for them. Yep. Yep, exactly. Put your heads out of your ass, Americans. <laughs> well, <laughs> we should probably do some, some development there. <laughs> well, point. But, but, you know, Tad Pike can pull his head out of his ass. Quite frankly. Well, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I would say he's, you know, he's got a rather large ass, but unfortunately his head is is quite large also, and it's it's a tough job to pull it out of there. Anyone got half a pound of butter and a shoehorn? Yeah. Now, uh, this one is from uh, Todd H nineteen eighty seven on Twitter. Yeah, Todd. Yes. But uh, dinner at Hog's Breath with Todd in the past. Yes. Can eat. Yeah, but not as much as the other the other guys in that crew. No. Hey guys. Runs a distant fourth. Yeah. Hey guys, with all the stories I've been that have been told lately, I thought I'd share my own. This one's not a funny one. Oh, I'm not going to read it then. Fuck it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but in the words of Ben Iken, it's a feel-good story. First off, a little bit of backstory. You know I'm a Raiders supporter, and I get asked a lot why that is. Well, it comes down to the first and true footy team in my, ha- in my heart, and that's the mighty South Magpies. South Logan now in the Q Cup. My great-grandfather was one of the founding members of the club back in the early 1900s. I think it was 1908, but can't be certain. This meant my nan grew up in and around the club, and this is why that club was her life. She was a life member, worked in the running of the club in the 70s and 80s, and ran the canteen up until around 2008 at the age of 83. She lived and breathed it. South, for many years, has been affiliated with the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders saved the club from closing down multiple times due to financial hardship. 
My nan died suddenly in 2011, and as you could imagine, it shocked us all a fair bit, but it blew me away when I found out that a couple of Queensland greats turned up to the funeral to show their respect. Even more so was on that day of the funeral, both of them had commitments on the Gold Coast. Gary Belcher and Mel Meninga both started their careers in rugby league at Souths. They took time out of their previous commitments to be there on that day. I believe Mal was meant to compete, and Gary was MC for Fox Sports. Both told the organisers they could no longer be involved to be at the funeral. This is something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. I never really saw much of Mal around the club over the years, so I can't say much about him, but Gary's always around lending a hand, emceeing events, and in the late 90s was a, a runner for the top side. He always remembers me and comes and has a chat to me. Again, not a funny story, but something I thought I'd share. I like it. I like That's it a feel-good story, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, it is a very good feel. And like, I, and I would have, I would have suspected that about Gary Belcher, not so much about Mal. <laughs> You know, but like, and I guess that's why Gary Belcher is the guy that's always around the club, and you know. I don't know what Gary Belcher was doing for a job, but just out of the blue one day, he showed up for a meeting at my previous employer. I don't know what they were selling. Um, I wasn't involved in the meeting. I just remember going, "Fuck me, that's Gary Belcher." <laughs> and then he walked past, and they went into the meeting, and then he walked out, and I never saw him again. So he can't have been selling too great a quality products. <laughs> That's a feel-good story too, Glenn. It's not really. <laughs> in its own way. <laughs> it's not as good as Todd's. Now, finally, one from Timmy McIntyre. Talking Fuck, about... Haven't we given this kind of enough air time? Yeah, I know. But Bring his brother on. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, but his brother loves us. Like, he's like, loves us. Yeah. It's, it's like, almost creepy. Well, it's a McIntyre thing. <laughs> Creepiness. You know, well, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. It is. Have you got 20 bucks, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, you got 21? <laughs> Talking about interaction with players, well, mine is with former player Craig Field. About a year or so ago, I was on Facebook and saw people you may know. Craig Field and I have three or four friends in common, so I sent him a friend request thinking it wasn't really him. He accepted months later. At last year's grand final, my brother, Jesse, the former Jesse, and myself went to the game, sitting up at the blood nose seats. After a few uh, Johnny Walkers later, Craig Field asked if he and his family could walk past us as their seat was eight, eight to ten seats across from us. I jumped on Facebook and posted a status, sitting at the grand final with Craig Field, and tagged him. Just moments later, Jesse and I see Craig grab his phone from his pocket and laughed and showed his wife the Facebook status, which, which, we, heard, which we heard her reply, who the fuck is Tim McIntyre? <laughs> Craig looked over at my brother and myself laughing our asses off and waved. We later got photos with Craig. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Sounds similar to the Liam Four thing we yeah. had at the grand final That's last it. year. Uh, all the all the old players were um the players not in first grade <laughs> were at the grand final interacting with the nation. <laughs> Even if they weren't at the time. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, you know, I guess you should be lucky they didn't murder you, Tim. At the end oh. of the day. <laughs> You're making me cringe, and you're making me cringe. <laughs> Membership stuff. Okay, the email about the Brisbane meetup's gone out to all the members. If you haven't seen it yet, check your spam folder, and we, many, many people check their spam folder. Oh, sorry, it's so late. But yeah. If you haven't RSVP'd yet, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've had a couple of uh, unfortunate people that, you know, that can't make it. Which, you know, not that they're unfortunate they're, people. They're unfortunate it's un- people it's unfor- and they can't make it. It's, it's, un- it's unfortunate for them because they don't, obviously don't get the bask in the reflected glove, you know. Can I just tell you that two of us. I'll be there yeah. and my wife will be in hospital. See, now, who was the person saying that their kid's Jew? I think it might have been Karen Coran saying, oh, you know, that's a Jew day to my kid. Yeah. There you go. Glenn's just giving you an, he's giving you an out. He's doing it. So can you... Fucking man up. Tell your wife. Baby's never come to you that anyway. I said, uh, you know, the uh, the Saturday night after you go into hospital, she goes into hospital on the Wednesday, 
you know, that's when we've got the podcast members meet up happening. She goes, yeah, it's fine. I was like, you're going to be in hospital. She's like, you know what I'm going to love most about being in hospital? The rest. <laughs> the so, kids do, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a lot of books. I'm going to take some magazines. going to take my music. And I'm going to sit in that bed. And I'm going to do my little lung exercises after they fix me up. Yeah. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to rest. So, come in during the day. Hi. Give me a wave, have a kiss, see the boys, bit of a cuddle. On your pop. <laughs> Off your pop. <laughs> She's a good egg. This old Gasper. This, 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 whole, this whole lung thing is a, it's, it's not even real. No, she's made the whole thing <laughs> yeah. up. If we didn't pay so much to go and see her a specialist, I'd think she was fucking faking the whole thing, but no. <laughs> so, yeah, we sent the... Now, the, the venue called us up the other day and it was like, you're... Uh, you're looking at the... I can't remember the names of the rooms, but you're, the looking, dungeon. you're looking at the basement the basement bar or something like that, which is like, you know, holds uh, the minimum of 30, I think, and maximum of 80. And so, yep, that's that's down, that's a good size, I think. Anywhere in between would be great. And uh, then they ring up and say, look, uh, we've just had a cancellation on uh, whatever this other room is, but it's one of the upstairs one you're looking at. You've got the balcony on there that overlooks, you know, Caxton Street and stuff. And uh, it's like, with that, that room's become available. And I'm like, okay, so I just thought, I was like, look, I'll just have to make a phone call and just, you know, check with Glenn and see what he thinks about it. And uh, you look, it sounds good to me. I'll confirm in like, you know, 15. Get on their website and have a look at it. This room holds 250 people. So that means it's well and truly a fucking free-for-all, this one now. Not free-for-all as in free, but everyone. <laughs> Don't say there, the word free. There is no There is no restriction on members. Of course, you know, bring people with you. Listeners who aren't members... Get on down. Uh, gonna by the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to get on this week in league's site and buy tickets. Uh, basically, it's going to be a cover charge for non-members of ten dollars. This because we want to help. We got a, the venue obviously costs us. We need to. Um, we want to cover some you know some food and stuff like that for everyone as well. So that'll just help out, and uh, we can hold tons of people at the venue. So the more the merrier. Let's create a great atmosphere for the back-to-back the -back finals games on that Saturday. So the details. This is where it's going to be for everyone now. The members know this. Now it's time for the rest of the year. September 13th, Saturday, September 13th at Hotel LA, which is on the corner of Petrie Terrace and Caxton Street. If you've been to a game at Suncorp, you you know you know where it is. Uh, we're in, in, I've got it written down here. Here we go. It's the Barons Bar. It's upstairs with the deck overlooking Caxton Street. Tickets are on sale now. So get on there. And basically, if you've bought merch from us, same thing. You'll just, we'll run it through the site and just print out your receipt. And that's, that's your entry on the day. Too easy. Someone asked me if we would, um, if people could pay on the day, like we just rock up. Oosh. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I don't say why not. I don't see why not. I mean, we'd have to have a door, bitch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Tim McIntyre coming? He should come up, uh, you know, out of his own pocket. Yeah. For no pay. Yes. <laughs> That'd be the door, bitch. I, I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> but this place is going to be great. I mean, we're going to have our, our own private bar, our own private bathrooms, you know, if any of you Broncos fans want to fucking, you know, carry on, like uh, like Darius and co. Um, pool table, uh, three plasmas, I think, which are all going to be tuned to the uh, doubleheader semifinals games on uh, on that Saturday night. And so it's it's got an area for smokers if uh, you know any of you filthy degenerates are uh, going to come along, and uh, yeah, it's going to be. 
let's get some good numbers in there and try and uh, you know. Yeah, I'd like. I would like to pack it out. I, I think two hundred and fifty is um, it's a tall order. But I, I would like to see as many people as we can that listen to the show. A, because just it's nice to meet the listeners, and uh, B, I think the more people we get in here, it's going to be a you know a great sort of party atmosphere, and uh, you know we won't be at the games, but it'll be sort of next best thing. Yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to go be for. With us, you'll be with us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and if this function and if this function hey, works and I'll out, I'll probably have Leo in the pram and Jackson there. I'm going to be the dad of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tipping, tipping, tipping uh, fucking beers down Leo's throat. Oh come on, mate! I'm not that much of a shit parent. I mean, I'll sub- <laughs> you know, I'll subject him to you putting know, a nip in his bottle then. Passive cigarette smoke and <laughs> and um, it's amazing to see that we had to do it with, like those kids drunk like, and nudity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, man! I was hanging around pubs when I was like, not. I was probably Jackson's age. Yeah. Maybe a little bit older. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, the thing is as well, I mean, this venue, they've been really, they've been really accommodating and everything and they're really, they're really good to deal with. So ideally, with the original room, we had the 30 to 80 people one. It is a perfect size for things going forward, such as live Twilly, Mm. like recording the show live and having an audience there just live shows in general. I mean, that shit's all doable. So, um, let's get a good response to this. Can we do it nude? Oh, really? You want to do that? Do they get that? Every episode's nude. They just don't know it. Okay. I mean, do you have fair, to... Fair call. Yeah. So, so yeah, the more the merrier. Get along. Tickets will be on sale on the website by the time you're listening to this. So, uh, get along there this week in league.com and uh, be there. And members... Um, Tell them Nate and Glenn sent you. And like I said, we've got such a such a large capacity for this and event now. I mean, I don't think we're going to need to. We're not going to need to turn people away or anything. So members, just get your RSVPs in though as well, just so just so we know, you know, to expect you. News. Okay, first a story. Fluffy, back in the news. The playing future of troubled Newcastle star Darius Boyd is uncertain following revelations he's been holidaying in the Greek Isles without permission from his club. His decision to travel overseas without telling <coughs> Knights officials of his holiday plans has angered the club and left his mooted move to the Brisbane Broncos next season with coach Wayne Bennett in jeopardy. Matt Gidley, the Knights CEO, confirmed that he knew nothing about Boyd's overseas trip with wife Kayla until pictures of the couple sunning themselves in Santorini were published in Telegraph last week. Boyd had only just completed a three-week stint in a Sydney mental health facility where he was treated for depression following his self-admission on July 23. Gidley was reluctant to comment further on the issue, but uh, he said the Knights had publicly supported the Kangaroos star to seek help for his depression, but... Club officials are far from happy after he didn't bother telling him of his holiday plans, even though he's still on the night's payroll and the season is not yet completed. It's left negotiations over his playing future in 2015 up in the air. He's contracted to Newcastle for a further season on a deal worth 600000 next year, but he told the club several months ago he would not be staying and planned to exercise a get-out clause, allowing him to walk at the end of the season. Speculation is now rife he'll follow Bennett back to Brisbane, but on a significantly reduced contract because of the Broncos' salary cap issues. Now, um... 
Gidley and Boyd's manager, George Mimis, have been in negotiations for quite some time on a termination package, believed to be as high as $250,000 to make up any shortfall and soften the blow financially for Boyd to leave. This is despite the Knights being under no legal obligation to pay him a cent because Boyd and not the club is behind the decision to terminate the contract. But as of late last week, after the holiday snap service, the payout is now said to be off the table with negotiations at a stalemate. The club has acted, has been acting in good faith, but all bets are off now, one source insisted. If Darius wants to leave, he'll have to go for whatever the Broncos can offer him. Otherwise, he'll play here again next season. It's up to him. The fuck is a club... Let me... I'll get to Darius in a second. <laughs> what the fuck is a club yeah. that is having serious financial difficulty... Negotiating yeah. a $250,000 payout to a player to that's, make walk, life that's easy opting to, him, to walk out. To make, to make the, soften the blow for him of the decision of his own choosing. It's financial decisions like that which may have led to the club being in such serious financial <laughs> danger. Yes. Um, as for Darius, I've, uh, I've said on the show previously that I, um, I feel for the bloke in regards to his, his mental health issues and, and his... Um, his battle with depression and and his troubled upbringing that that you know and different things in his life that have led to that. But I also said at the time that if if it came to light that he was uh, you know we spoke about it with the 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 public uh, the pressure that was mounting on him as far as you know some of the dumb shit he was doing into the media yep. uh, in interviews. Um, it was uh, it was all mounting on him, and, and the the depression diagnosis was was fairly convenient at the time, and and that yep. was the cynic coming out of me. Um, three weeks, and then you know the club that supported you, and and he's still keeping you for the most part gainfully employed, yep. and he's actually negotiating a quarter of a million dollar payout where they don't have to pay you a cent, but they're going to give you a quarter of a million bucks just because, um, and you don't have. What what the fuck did you learn in your three weeks? <laughs> did you did you learn a bit of respect? Did you learn uh, about how to carry yourself with a bit of fucking dignity and and how to you know live life in a, in a public profile and and not set yourself up to be torn down? Yep. Um, did you learn any of that? Clearly, fucking no. not. Go and check yourself in for another three weeks. He learned enough to get himself to a um an airport or get himself a, a nice media article about how um you know. How much trouble he's had in his, his yeah. life of you know Which mental illness and whatnot makes the cynics among us lean towards the fact that it was a bit of a Mickey Mouse fucking diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, and he's come out and he's still the same jerk that he was before he went in. Uh, that's it's really disrespectful. A to cynic the club. would say that. A cynic. I'm not, I wouldn't say not, I was a not, cynical person. Nathan. Not, I'm no, just, I'm not just, me neither. You know, I try and uh, you know try and get my my finger on the pulse of the masses and and see what they're thinking and, and they're saying and. And, um, you know, that's how a cynic would think. Yep. Um, the club's clearly going well out of their way. Yep. Um, not just because the aforementioned quarter of a million dollar fucking payout when they're not obligated to give them a cent. Yeah, Imagine that, that. That's so funny. A termination clause elected to be taken up by him, by initiated him. by him. And so they're, like, champ. and they're thinking, motherfuckers, if you've got so much money, you can give, <laughs> fucking throw me why 250. Are you, why are you going broke? Why not split that money up amongst your fucking members? Take it off their ticket prices next year. <sighs> yeah, that or fucking, I mean, is there not a player that you'd like that, you know, that could have a future? Throw, throw it to fucking the Matautiers. 
Unbelievable. Throw just, an extra. I mean, how many? There's about 400 of those. I mean, the whole situation is just getting laughable yet again. And Darius Boyd is going to come out of it looking like more of a tool again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not going to have, you know, he's not going to have the depression thing to fall back on because people aren't going to buy the story when he's clearly behaving recklessly. Um, and, and there's nothing to say that he, he's not still suffering from depression and, and the effects. But why is, he, why is he not still in the facility? Why is he still not getting regular help? More, I just when it's convenient, a media story comes out, and then all of a sudden, he's he's gone off, and he's in his employer, who uh, the season he's, your job's still not done. Why yeah. are you not? If you're if you're feeling well enough and you you're healthy enough mentally and physically to trot off to Greece. Yep. Couldn't you be around the club supporting your team? You could. But no, he's got to get away from footy. He's got to get the love back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we've said enough. Yeah. Next. Reese Robinson and Tom Leroy Lars headline a number of players who will leave the Raiders next season as Ricky Stewart begins a similar clean-out to the one he orchestrated at Parramatta. Robinson's manager, Sam Ayub, confirmed the, outside, confirmed the outside back will join a Sydney club after falling out of favour with the Raiders. Off contract, Leroy Lars has been plagued by injury and hasn't played a single NRL game this year. He's been overtaken in the pecking order by Paul Vaughan and Shannon Boyd. The second last Raiders host is Stewart's former side, Parramatta, in their final game of the year on Saturday, where players the club know are definitely leaving will be afforded a farewell. Um... It seems strange, like the whole the whole clean out thing. Uh, well, Stuart told a number of Eels players that services were no longer longer required last year, and helped sign the likes of uh, Corey Norman and Nathan Peets. A similar process is about to begin at the Raiders. The players that we know won't be at the club next year that are either retiring or moving on will be farewelled. Retiring vice captain Brett White will sign off on his career when he returns from a groin injury, which sidelined him from Canberra's win over Cronulla, wins over Cronulla and the West Tigers. The futures of back row Jake Foster and outside back Sammy Salima and Moses Pangai are yet to be officially deter- confirmed, but they I just believe they're unlikely to be at Canberra next year. So, what's happening with Cats hair? Well, Cats hair. I mean, the situation with Cats hair, as far as I know, is we th- we spoke about how they you know the offer came in mm. from England and they denied him that. I'm not sure whether he's been informed that, you know, he'll be now a Mounties player on half a million a year. Or if, you know, he has, if he's going to dig his heels in and be like, no, that's, you know, I'm going to fucking... He's going to become best mates with Tim McIntyre. I'm getting sick of saying Tim McIntyre's name. Yeah, yeah, don't just, it's as bad as a Mitch. It's Mitch McIntyre. That's sad. I don't know. I think it's it's Stuart's MO and... You know, you look at how power have been going for for large parts of this season. You'd uh, you'd swear it was effective, but I'm just not sure that there's the caliber of player coming in to Canberra unless there's a major off season off season signing or two um, to to have the sort of impact that that Pete's had when he was fit, or even that Norman's had on Parramatta. So, yep. Um, yeah. Tough times ahead for, for Raiders fans, but hey, it could be worse. Could support the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, the clean-out sort of, you know, Ricky Stewart would like to take full credit. Well, if you there's let a him. couple of people retiring in there. I don't know if he takes much credit for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I guess we'll see. I mean, Canberra is a side I see. Is not, you know, there's not a lot of hope in there. Reese Robertson can play. Yeah, what the fuck has he ever done? 
Yeah. He's another one of those players, it seems, to always get the job done, pretty reliable, mm-hmm. you know, makes some pretty spectacular plays in his time as well. Yep. And can never really nail down a spot. He's playing wing, he's played a bit of centre, he's played fullback, he's been shunted yep. here, there and everywhere, he's played yep. plenty of reserve grade. Yep. What you know, you couldn't tell me that Reese Robinson's not better than a lot of outside yeah. backs and fullbacks in, in the NRL playing yep. at other clubs yep. or, or Canberra. And matter. well and you know, he's gonna go up to Sydney and get a job at a Sydney club and, you know, put himself ahead of the pecking order of one of the players that you're talking about. You know who needs some depth in the outside backs, Nathan? The West Tigers. I believe they do, Glenn. I believe they do. He does play a lot of fullback. He might end up in Brisbane. That's true. They might want to try and jake. Well, why not? He's available now. Yeah, it's like Pokemon's. Have fucking got Buy a fullbacks. That's our policy. Skipper Greg Bird admits that slumping Gold Coast face a huge task if they are to send their stalwart Luke Bailey into retirement as a winner. Bailey. He was one of the first players signed by the Titans ahead of their inaugural campaign Is he in 2000. play the last game of the season with another club? No. Well, you think they'll win? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the thing they got. To, they've got to play against the dogs too. I mean, which are, who aren't amazing, but I mean, you know, I think the Titans have struggled to beat anyone this season. They'd, have, they'd struggle to beat the West Tigers. Now, oh, hang on, let's not be too harsh on the Titans. <laughs> so he's one of the first players they signed back uh, before 2007 when they started, and he's retiring after 14 seasons in top grade following his debut with St George Illawarra. Um, he had a neck injury last week, so he missed that disaster, but he's expected to take the field, and it'll be his 151st match for the Titans and his 270th in our relative. How many games did he play? He's clocked up a few. Now, uh, Bailey He joined... must have had some injuries, eh? Yeah, well, 14 seasons, 270 games. Yeah, some. Yeah, that that would be that's some games you miss. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fucking games, though. Play a lot of finals with St George. Yep, yep, that's true. Never won any grand finals, though. Yep, and just uh, Luke Luke Bailey, just some of the statistics around. He was uh, at the Saints from two thousand to two thousand six, Gold Coast two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen, two hundred and sixty nine games, which will end on two seventy, and uh, he. Played 15 times for New South Wales in State of Origin. Represented Australia in four tests and country twice. Prop of the Year, Dally M in 2005. Rugby League Week Player of the Year, 2006. And his 150 appearances for the Titans is second only to Mark Minicello, on, who was on 171. Wow. So that is an epic career. Unfortunately for him, he left the Dragons before it got good. Yeah. And he went to the Titans and, you know, that never went good. Oh, they made the finals. But you know, times. but he was on like diet. He was on Coke Zero cans with fucking Preston Campbell for a while there. Yeah, remember, remember that was a Diet Coke. One of those when the Titans first come out in like 2007, they had a and I think there was Princey cans as well. Was there? Uh, I'm trying well, to think. I'm sure, they probably, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I remember cause was, was it Diet Coke or Coke Zero, something like that. Who was their sponsor? It was because of that sponsorship thing with them way back in the okay. day, I think, when they first started. But yeah, They were heady days, 2007. I had season tickets with Nicklin down at Carrara Stadium. Yep. Which is possibly the arsehole of the earth if you try and park there and get out after the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, re, it wasn't uh, redeveloped at that stage no. like it is for like Metricon now. You no. know, it was uh, nice. And then Nicklin decided she didn't want to renew the season membership. Uh, yeah. given that we had Jackson then. She was heavily pregnant with Jackson at the end of 2007, yeah. or at the end of the season. Yeah. Given that he's born uh, in, uh, well, in three days' time. So, yes, the Titans. I would have liked to have uh, 
Well, imagine if we had have renewed every year. Yep. I mean, fucking hell of a trip. But, uh... Tough trip for every fortnight. Just how many people from 2007 would still have a season tickets? The the, the chosen few diehard few. People would have come and gone, like, anyway. Yeah. Because yep. there was some there was some fucking decent crowds at Carrara. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to... Um, well, there was there were decent crowds into Rabina as well. I mean, I even the first the, the first time I went to watch Manly at Rabina against them, and um, that was a pretty that was over twenty thousand. You know, it was twenty three thousand or something like it was close to full house. It's as full as I remember from like you know the the All Star games and mm. the Test matches and stuff that we've been to since. Now, you know, we've been we've been flogging this dead horse for three years now, and I mean, yep. it's not going to change. And I, I think there's probably no future for the club, to be honest. In the Gold Coast. Well, if you can't get any fucking people come to the games, yeah, I think it's it's a socio-economic thing, and I think if industry picks up in the area, um, and the general feel, I think it's just they don't give a fuck about shit down the Gold Coast because they got beaches to go to and shit. It's not I'm like not sure it, that's an actual, you know, it's not like the uh, suns are pulling in fucking massive crowds either. I mean, although they're getting more because they're the flavour of the month and they're kind of winning a little, you know, they're almost you know winning a little bit, mm. whereas the Titans aren't. But yeah, I don't know yet. No future for the club. That's a bit, that's that's harsh. Well, it's a, it's, I think I think it's a stadium. Hey, you're saying there might be Fold Coast. Yeah, it's a stadium. It's a stadiums Australia managed, managed. Yeah, it's a stadiums Australia managed premises. I think the 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 stadium. They charge astronomically large amounts of money to to for the use of it. They don't. They clear. They cannot be making money on the people that go through mm. there. So I mean, they try and charge you twenty four dollars for a fucking little mini pizza to try and recoup some of the money that they're losing because only fucking six thousand people turn up. Yeah. Financially alone, it's bad. But then you know you get the the lack of support if the if the people who go to the games if that's the support base that they can count on that's the people buying merchandise not many and also when I mean, you've got to stay yeah, that's a massive flow on effect. How many people does how many people fit in there? Do you reckon twenty seven? Nah, it wouldn't be that much, would it? 25? Probably 25. Okay, so let's say for argument's sake it's 25. They say 13 in there, but there's no fucking way you can tell me it gets half full. Mm. When you think of it that way, that's bullshit. So, you get 9,000 people at a 25,000 stadium. It's different to someone like, like what would Penrith hold? Their, capa- their capacity would... would 20? Would it be 20? Have to be. Yeah, so like 9,000 at Penrith is not the same as 9,000 at the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And like Brookvale absolutely packed the rafters, you know, you could barely get, you know, 18 and a half in there. And so like 13 there is actually, you know, I mean, like we're talking like 60%, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, capacity, not like 10%, you know, well, yeah, that's, that's massively un- exaggerated down, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. When you see some of the crowds, even run of the mill or shit games in the AFL are getting 30,000, 40,000. Yeah. yeah. You know, same problem. Lots of clubs in the, in in the city, like same yep. as Sydney's got. Yep. Yep. It's just that culture. Yep, it is. They they need to crack the code on it and get people get bums on seats. Exactly. Now, uh, short story here, but uh, the Brisbane Broncos have signed Super League standout. This is the um, this is not my words. This is the words of the article. The Brisbane Broncos have signed Super League standout Greg Eden, and predictably, considering the Broncos' recent recruiting history, Eden is a fullback. Eden will join the Broncos from Hull KR in November and he's viewed by the club as a utility outside back who gives them cover in a number of positions. Eden was once dubbed England's Billy Slater by his former coach Nathan Brown. Would that gel, what I said then, does that gel with what you've seen on social media over the last two days? Well, 
My first question was, who's Greg Eden? Yep, that was my first question. Because I don't care for the... And, the and why, why are the Broncos buying him? I, yep. I don't understand. Would yep. you take Reese Robinson? Would you take Greg Eden? Would you take a known quantity that's performed at NRL level on a number of occasions? Or would you take a poor man, Sam Tompkins? This guy is going to basically be playing reserve grade for Ipswich. Yes. Essentially. From what I've seen on the Twitter machine, people are laughing. And some of them are saying, how can he even get a job in the Super League? Let alone come down and play in the NRL. Apparently he's that bad. Which makes me wonder what Nathan Brown was smoking, calling him England's Billy Slater. Unless he means, you know, in pressure games, he fucks up and loses the game for his side. Maybe he's, maybe he's kicked some people in the face. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's what he meant. Nathan Brown, maybe, he's maybe a shrewd operator. Jumping front kicks under the bomb. Maybe he you know, slides into home plate every time Tomlin tries to plant the ball down for a try. It's possible. Maybe that's what he... Maybe he's just been misinterpreted. And he's Universally, just everyone is Greg laughing, Eden's saying he's rub. Is what he's saying. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a fantastic footballer. What people are saying more is that he's shit. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus. And Cyril Connell, Cyril Connell must turn in his fucking grave. He's doing fucking four and a half somersaults with a fucking pike in his grave. That's it. No way the Broncos' recruitment would ever be a laughing stock on his watch. Nope. Now, I've uh, got some uh, real small ones, just discussion points to talk about. I mean, you know, in honour of Jamie Sow, we should bring the clock back, but I will not. But uh, this one came, I believe it was from Mascor's article, where, you know, where he has like you know, half a dozen things on one of the ones like, you know, uh, Sydney Morning Herald or something. Yeah. If you listen to a bit of radio commentary and, you're a bit of, uh, a bit, uh, and a bit of TV during the Newcastle-Parramatta game, you're entitled to be confused. Brothers Sione and Chanel Matautia, let's say while we're reading the article, scored five tries between them, <coughs> but on radio, they were Mata Utai, and on TV, they were Matautia. That's because radio's Wendell Saylor asked their brother, St. George Illawarra's Peter Matautia, how to pronounce it. He went for Mata Utai. But when a set of six asked Channel his preferred pronunciation, he replied Matautia. We're still trying to reach Sione for comment as to how he says his own name. No doubt there's a third variation out there. Can someone not ask mum and dad? Mr. and Mrs. Matautia. Maybe they're split too between the matter you tell that's and why. Maybe. 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 You maybe. Work up We're to... dealing with a split household here. Mum Rift. wants to fucking change the course of history. Household in crisis. Dad's saying it's matter you tie. The other two boys are close to mum. She wants to change the course of history and, and, and just, you know, fuck with things a little bit. Mm. She's going with Matautia. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that her son's a borderline famous, she's kept the name. Oh, this is a sad, sad tale of a broken home. Look, I want to, I want to say... maybe cate- yeah. it's just cunts that don't know how to say their own name. Yeah, well, I, do, I want to say categorically it's not matter you tie because it, d- it ends d- in IA, not AI. Exactly. And so if that's if that's the way that you want to play the game, Peter, take a good fucking hard look at yourself I'm, and I'm how you name sure spell, I'm pretty sure Peter mate. can't read. I mean, um, if it was like matter you tire or something like that with another A on the end, you know, uh, you know fair enough. But... As it stands, Peter, I'm, so, I'm saying you're wrong. You don't know how to say your name. And I'm prepared to go with Matauti here until I hear a better option. I'm with you. Next one, just quickly. Um, Henry has been signed for the Titans three years. Well, I mean, the, the glorious performances the Titans have put in since he took over the helm, would, would I'm surprised it's not a five-year deal. Can you tell me, in your memory, and I know you won't remember this because I, and I can't either, 
In your memory, has a caretaker coach who's achieved a winning percentage of exactly 0.0 since taking their position at the head of the club received a fucking three-year contract extension? It would only happen to the Titans. <laughs> Maybe the Warriors could probably pull it off as well. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> fucking joke, though. And uh, finally, this is uh, hot off the press news. With Isaac Luke being freed from his charges of, you know, the, the kick, you know, the up kick that he did in, uh, in, in the game on Thursday. Gotcha. He was looking at two weeks for fighting. One week if he accepted it, he chose to fight it. He was looking down the barrel two weeks. Said he feared for his life. And that's why he uh, kicked upwards at a human being. <laughs> kicked, tried to kick a human being. It wasn't like he put his feet up in the air and caught a guy. He's fucking kicked, you know, he's gone. He's like up kick UFC style. He's gone for the kick. He, but what was, what did he think was happening to him? The the thing I'm doing with my hands is like I'm throwing him up in the air, saying, "He fucking this worked though. This this strategy worked." There's it's no like consistency. The it's not a. It was it was awfully similar to to Josh Reynolds, and I'm live. Only a week earlier, Josh, I think. Josh Reynolds, or two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Why could they just not look at it and go, "Well, Josh Reynolds, he's what Josh Reynolds got." Let's give him the same. It's about the same. I mean, there's yeah, definitely well, let, Let's there. make it the same grading. Mm-hmm. And um, how, do you, how do you fight it and use that defense and get away? Like, what, what the fuck is going on in there? These cunts are fucking ridiculous. Are they high on crack cocaine in the judiciary or what? Last week, That's Jason King... Panel. What, are you, what are you blokes up to? Last week, Jason King gets off. And, like, there wasn't a lot in it. It's it was a travesty is what that it was. was. A, it was a high tackle. I mean, this this week, Matai didn't get charged, which is... I'm amazed because I thought that Steve Matai loading would rub him out for the rest of the year, but in the next two seasons, yeah, given given he given they they called it on field, you know, it was Chechen, of course, you know, called it a, a shoulder charge, and then you see the replays, and he's he's trying and to wrap up, with, he, he's yeah, trying to wrap up with his right arm. I mean, he used his arm; it's certainly enough to follow the. I mean, it was a fucking great shoulder charge, but I mean, he he made his arm look like he was wrapping it around enough to you know skate under the law, which is what you, all you need to do. And uh, it was good to see him back, actually, doing that shit in game number 200. <laughs> 200, yeah. <laughs> but this judiciary thing, fearing for your life. What a ridiculous... I mean, Brent Tate said something similar. Yes, well. like, yes. fuck's sake. I just... And Isaac, Luke... You're on I the mean, ground, you're lashing upwards... And you're only a little guy, so you really got to get your hips off the fucking ground to do this. You're lashing upwards at someone with fucking studs in your shoe as well. And the fact that these dumb cunts bought it, yeah. that's, that's even more He may more as well have went in there and said, I didn't like the bloke, so I kicked him in the face. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Look, fair the, enough, Isaac. The reason why I did it, and the way that I explained, that I explained what I did, is... That uh, just just pretend that what I'm saying right now is the uh, most convincing reason not to not to convict me that you ever heard in your life, and uh, yeah, we'll go and, with that. Uh, yeah. We'll go with that, guys. And you just watch me on the weekend, yeah, playing rugby league. Yeah, what a fucking disgrace. Recaps. First up, Thursday night football. And now, how are you on Thursday night football now? 
Oh, it's it's still there. I'll watch it. It's there. It's live, which is a real, you know, which means you get you know one less delayed game. Sure. But yeah, it's tough. Does say know it's tough. It would be tough for crowds too. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, they got twenty thousand to this one. Um, yeah, obviously they're playing at ANZ and they can fit you know over four times that, but not bad for a Thursday night because I do think it would be depending on the venue. It would be difficult yeah, for a large amount trouble. of people. Yeah. Uh, the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs twenty-one defeated the Bankstown Canary Bankstown Bulldogs fourteen, and uh, this one, as I said, a crowd just over twenty, just under twenty and a half a thousand, and the points went as follows: the Rabbitohs twenty-one came from a double to Sam Burgess and tried a lottie. And, uh, Adam Shannon Reynolds. Hegarty, as they were calling him. <laughs> Adam Reynolds got a, a field goal, three conversions and a penalty goal. And the Doggies tries to Mitch Brown and Michael Ennis. Hodkinson, two from two conversions, plus one penalty goal. Ennis obviously went out there with a with a mission to, to shut down Reynolds or at least try and get under his skin, and he did succeed uh, for a period of time in the game. I thought Reynolds recovered uh, pretty well and, and come back to ice the game with a, with a nice field goal. But... Um, I thought the job that Ennis did was pretty impressive until he brought the fucking grub element into the game. He was yeah. he was playing him really tight, really hard and physical. Um, and then the niggle kept going, going, and he kept raising the bar. And then eventually, he's Michael Ennis, and everyone's like, "That guy's a fucking grub." Instead yeah. of just being a, you know, a real tough, hard, physical competitor, you had to cross the line. Yeah, of course. And for. Uh, you know, for Reynolds to, to be able to withstand it, he cops a lot of that sort of treatment every week, I guess. But this, you, you could tell that it was it was part of the, the Bulldogs' game plan, fairness, to get under Reynolds' skin and, and, and rough him up a little bit. But I guess Reynolds had the last laugh. Dogs, I thought they were very competitive in this game. But let's be honest, South show that they are a class above the Bulldogs. Barely, barely got out of third gear. Didn't really show too much of their best football I thought thought South were um played really well within played within themselves um and then you know at a couple of key moments when they really could have gone on with things and were building some momentum they made some some critical errors um whereas the dog just the dogs just went about their business tried to you know make their plays and 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 build their game plan around field position and and possession and and Hodkinson's kicking game they just—I just don't know that they've got that extra strike to to really compete and beat the best sides. Now, uh, at Shane Aaron Elvis, fucking ugly win, but I'll take it. Ennis tried to get under Reynolds' skin all night, and fitting, he iced the cake. GT351 underscore Johns. Good crowd and money raised for a great cause. Great effort by the Bulldogs and better team for most of that game. Oh well, so close. Arpops. Schwank of essence. Hey, South fans. Fairly certain your team's performance doesn't require or deserve a standing ovation. Hash, South shouldn't be in the comp. Just let them cheer their team, mate. God. Fucking speaking of cheer the team, fucking Rick, East fan. Yeah. He was reporting from the uh, the Roosters game at, um, at Allianz um, the, other, the next night, or the night after that, that um, he was on his feet cheering, told to sit down. Too rowdy. At a, at a home game for his own side. Of which he's a member, long-standing. By another Roosters fan? No, by a fucking like the powers that be, like security and shit. You're too rowdy. Sit down. Stop. You're standing up and cheering too much. Have you ever heard of such fuckery? What the fuck? They worry about crowds, and if this sort of shit's happening on the regular, 
I mean, you could imagine the way that bloke would be carrying on, though. Yeah, but I don't think he'd be swearing or anything like that, though. Have you ever met the bloke? Mean... Do you know him? No, no. no. You know, the I... first thing about him, other than what you see on Twitter, and that shows he's a cunt. Like, you yeah, can only assume, Nathan, based on that, based on those facts, that that's exactly what he was doing at the football, and he was probably lucky not to be ejected. He's probably look. I, I he was he's probably making a cut a cut of himself to you know you know slagging off the opposition, but I don't think he would have been doing it in a way that was like you know swearing and stuff like that. Because anybody knows that you'd start doing that, you've got no real room to complain about how you get treated by security if that's what you're going to be doing. Unless you're Rick, maybe. In which point you maybe. complain about everything. Maybe. No, to, to, to be honest, and to be serious for a second, what what the fuck are we coming to when you can't get up and cheer your team? Can't do beer snakes. And beer snakes were the successor to when they, after they banned you from we're bringing. We're going to be playing like a, a little little old men going to hold up quiet signs. You can't take beer wenches anymore. A Have beer you snake. Been able to take them? Oh, that was cricket, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, that was invented, wasn't it? Presumably in Australia, the cricket, where the guys would get get a chick along for the day, basically just to line up and bring beers <laughs> back to them. That's. <laughs> They fucking they 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 frown on the uh, on the the beach balls. Waves. We're living in a police state. We should just sit there quietly with our sport. Sit there quietly with our sports ears in. And politely golf clap when uh, you know, to 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 recognise good play that we've just seen. In a in a contact sport, an aggressive, yeah. physical, toughest one of the toughest sports on the planet. What the fuck is the world coming to? Allianz Stadium, staff and all involved, unfuck yourselves, cunts. Now, the Ben Z. Lebanon declares war and Halal meat stands burn as dogs overrun by a tsunami of justice. Die in a fire, Ennis. Jesus. And he's got hash Ennisside needed. He's back. <laughs> Uncensored Steve. Last night was the loss the doggies needed to have. <laughs> To show the cunts there no fucking chance for the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Ben Z again said, oh, yeah, dogs fans leave before the Ennis reception. Not even his home fans like him. Hash, I stayed to boo the cunt. Hash, a serial bitch. Hash, Ennis, LOL. And that was funny how they had the Ennis 707 hashtag. And then people flipped and, it to yeah. the Ennis LOL. <laughs> people are so creative. They are. Brisbane Broncos 30 defeat the St. George Illawarra Dragons 22 at Suncorp. 36 1,720 people in attendance. Good crowd. Now, the Broncos 30 came from tries to a double to Ben Hunt, a double to Matt Gillett. Daniel Vito also with a try and Corey Parker five from five conversions. The Dragons, they had tries to Nightingale, Josh Dugan, Joel Thompson and Peter Matty Utai <laughs> as he calls himself and uh, Widdop three from four conversions. Broncos have become notorious over the last couple of seasons for dropping games late, and they went awfully close in this one. Led 24 to 4. The Dragons, the Dragons came back to 24 22 down, and it looked like they were every chance of running over the top of them. But yep. I think the Broncos were really only saved by Benji's hero complex. Got caught on the last couple of times yep. and threw a couple of um, a couple of dodgy passes, which uh, didn't find their mark, and and the Broncos put on a late try to, to ice the game. So um, just on Ben Hunt, we've said a lot about him this season, but he performed, again, really well in this game. Um, he's had 
he hasn't really, I don't know, he's had too many bad games. Might have had a couple of quiet ones. Yep. Um, and he's had some absolutely spectacular outings for the Broncos. I just wonder what the fuck they're, they're waiting for. What are they thinking? They haven't signed him or re-signed him yet. Yep. Um, and, you know, you would imagine a kid that's come through the system at the Broncos doesn't really want to go anywhere. He's, he'd be fairly... Um, pretty fairly set here in Brisbane, and and he's playing great football. He fits in with the team. He's starting to give you the fruits of your labour for the time and energy and resources that you've pumped into him over the years. Yep. I don't get it. What are they waiting for? Yep. Yep. And well, know, they well, you know they want to see what people they want to see who else is on the market and what money you know they'll take. There's yeah. not many, not many halfbacks playing better than him at the moment. There's not much that, there's not much more the guy can do. Exactly. I mean, he's a Griffin guy though, apparently. So well, Griffin coached him in the twenties. So. Yeah. So that means that you know, does that mean that, you know Wayne thinks he's going to have an issue, or will he have an issue, or he thinks he might have an issue under Wayne? You know, remains to be seen. But let's let's be clear about the reason the Dragons got in the game. Well, you know, a large, a very large part of it. The Gillette Simbini. The Gillette Simbini, mm. which the later prompted an apology from the referee, Cummins, I believe. Yes. What the fuck was that fucking pink idiot thinking? We've said it all year, and there's been some absolute clangers. I don't know that we've had too many bigger than this one. Probably. Um, I mean, it wasn't a it was it wasn't a match deciding thing, you know. Thank fuck. But it was probably the biggest, like, as as far as a mistake that you can make. People were very confused at the game. Everyone was like, "Surely, surely." He's run more than 10 metres. Yeah, yeah. He has to be. When he, if he's not onside, then when is he back onside? Yep. It's, um... And then to actually march him for it, though? Yeah. Fucking hell. At first, I thought he'd sent Jack Reed, and then I was like, Jack Reed's not going anywhere. And then Gillett wasn't really going anywhere to start with either, but um, it's probably very lucky for the... The NRL half dodged a bullet in the fact that the Broncos did end up winning the game, so the impact was was fairly minimal. But you know they're in a pretty pretty tight race for that final spot with the Warriors. Yeah, four and against. Four and against. Looking good for them at one stage. You know, could have a, a significant impact. But uh, you know, the Broncos. I thought when they were building their lead, they were playing some really good football. It's a, it's just a shame. That they, you know, they had to deal with that sin binning, uh, which took away a lot of their momentum, and um, and they couldn't really go on with the job that they'd started. And you know, if the Dragons had to come back in this game, then it would have been—they've they've missed an opportunity to make history. It would have been probably the first refs fault game in history that was actually legit refs fault outside mm. of games that Manly had been involved in. <laughs> <laughs> Up up. He's playing good footy. I'm not denying that. But goddamn, Channel 9 are talking Ben Hunt up like he's Jared Hayne. They're trying to get him a contract. Indeed. Cruzy 06. Great end to the regular season with a win, even though having to cop the biggest ref blunder of 2014. Hash, finals refing in decline. Jonard, the end of the regular season is this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he's Ashton Simsing it. He's dropped, he's dropped the ball in his season. His right yellow the shorts are too tight. They're cutting off circulation to his brain. Shutter 86. I hope a demotion's on the card for Ben Cummins. Dipshit should be running in, running the line for Ron Massey Cup. Ash can't spake. Ash diabolical. And finally, uh, Ben Zed. The hunt, from Red o- the hunt for Red October is a classic film. Broncos have a good hunt. Doubt they get near October, though. 
He's gone hash crime here, River City. He's gone back to that thing where he's putting a lot of thought into his hashtags. He's, and the rest he's of trying hard. And, uh, and he's rewarded with tweets on the show. He is. Take uh, take note. Winges. Uh, Saturday, the Knights, Newcastle Knights, 42, defeat the Parramatta Eels, 12. A crowd of just over 18,500 people in attendance. And the Newcastle Knights, 42, came from tries. A double to Sione Matautia. A try to Jared Mullen. A hat-trick to Chanel Matautia. Both got Joey Leilua. Also tries. Kirk Gidley, 5 from 8. The Eels, 12 points. Came from tries to Hopper Jr. and uh, Moroa. And Chris Sandow. Two from two conversions. I think Parra need to understand that this isn't 2009. You can't just throw it to Jared Hayne and, and pray you'll get the job done. They need to show up as a team to win games and they need to uh, complete their sets, make their tackles and, and build their performances on field position and possession. They've got you know, a, a brilliant X factor in Hayne, but sometimes the, the uh, they ask too much of him and you know their, their forwards... Just got, just couldn't offer too much resistance in the middle, and and Newcastle just kept chipping away, chipping away, and then eventually they really the floodgates really opened, and they scored some pretty soft tries. Both Scott ran through, untouched. Um, Matautia, you know, held off two two opposition players for ten meters to push himself over in the corner. Yep. You know, tries like that, which if Power have got any real hopes of making the finals, they and and, and being successful then. You can't be giving out points like that to, to a side like Newcastle. It just shouldn't happen. A real winnable game for a club that had everything was, to play for. Yeah, it had yeah. all the motivation. Newey Sands Boyd might not actually be that bad. If yeah. he does in, indeed move on to, to Brisbane or elsewhere, they've got some they've got some legit options. It's opened up spaces for, you know, not one but two Matautis. They're fucking killing it at the moment. So, uh, it's a big day for the Matautia family. Well, but they, they fucking all are. Or the Matty Utah family. Yeah. Or well, both no, it's, families. It's the Matautias on this occasion. Why don't they just settle and, and hyphenate it? Matautia, Matty Utah. Fuck, it's a <laughs> Matty is a mouthful. And that just basically exponentially ramps up how the, the issues that people like us will have. I hope they don't play Origin. About. Imagine getting that on the back of a jersey. Yeah. Not going to fit. Good win from Newcastle. I thought Jared Mullen was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Parrow just were, were far more disappointing than what Newcastle were good. I thought they they had all the motivation, and, and given their last two seasons, you yep. wouldn't think they'd really have to get up for these sorts of games at the end of the season when they're they're in with a real cracker making the eight. But yep. it seems like they do. At shithead listener, fucking shit, fucking ass clown, cunt mouth, motherfucking shit, cunted cock smoking, useless amateur fucktards. He's talking about his own team there too. Mm. You don't blow up to that magnitude. No. Mickey T, 1985. Uh, Matadias only score hat-tricks, it appears. Didn't one of them only get two? Yeah. Penrith nerd. Terrible factual error on, you know. Penrith nerd who lost his abacus, it would seem. Yeah, handy nerd card back, man. Drew underscore Nathan five. Is it too late to call the Matautia brothers the revelations of 2014? Yes. Well, it's, you know, it's not. You can call it. You can call whoever you want to be the revelations of 2014. I mean, but we'll judge who the fuck it is, and it's not them. Yeah, don't kill, pal. At Hammers, breaking. Plain believed to be carrying 16 players. Crashes over Hunter Region. Last seen plummeting out of finals contention. And we had to get to it eventually. 
a crowd of 8,287 people. In other words, thankfully not many. Saw the Canberra Raiders 27 defeat the West Tigers 12 down there in Canberra. 27 from the Raiders came from tries to Bill Tupo, Bill Tupo Jack Whiten, Josh Papali and Anthony Milford. Milford got himself a field goal. Croker, perfect on the goals. Four conversions and one penalty. The Tigers, Blake Austin, Mike DePau with tries. Pat Richards, two from two. When you're humbled by 2014's laughing stock, you know it's been a rough year. Um, it's it's pretty sad that injuries aside, and with so much promise at times this season, uh, the Tigers have quit on its on their fans and and the same fans that refuse to quit on the team. It's it's just getting to a point where there's a lot of work and a lot of soul searching and and reconciliation that the club's going to have to do with their fans because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the board stuff. There's the thing with Mayer, the thing with Robbie and Mayer, the thing with Robbie and Mick. Um, we're probably not going to have a coach after round 26. Um, you know, there's some gaping holes in the playing roster. Yep. Um, some players that probably need a tap on the shoulder. There's a hell of a lot of fucking work there, and they can't, they can't all be, can't even get themselves to look in the same direction. Yep. You know, at the moment, it's. Um, it's hard to believe that six weeks ago we'd, we'd flogged the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs showed that they weren't a fantastic side at that point um, and, and still aren't, but um, good enough to fucking smash the Tigers uh, yeah. not a week ago. And, um, you know, when you see games like that, the Manly game, the South game, the Dogs game, um, and, you know, the Para game earlier in the season, and then you look at the way they've played over the last six weeks, it's, it just makes you sick to your stomach and... You know, I'm someone who's 100% dialed in. Um, you know, I'm I'm the guy that fucking goes to work. You know, I have a personal trainer coming to work f- for us uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. I pack my gear in the morning in my West Tigers bag. Yep. Um, when it's not quite so cold, I, I pack my West Tigers training singlet. Yep. I pack it in my West Tigers bag. Uh, I fucking go to work. I drink my green tea out of my West Tigers coffee cup I'm looked down upon by Robbie Farrow and Aaron Woods those little fucking NRL Lego players yep I come home have a shower and get dressed in my West Tigers pyjama pants you can see the pattern here I'm pretty fucking (laughs) dialed into this team and when you see blokes that are professionals and I can handle guys that are playing out of position and are just filling in and, and make misreads and um, and and probably aren't great under high balls yeah. and, uh, I can I can handle all that and I can Kids handle brought up ahead of their time and yeah, yeah I can I can handle that that's fine but some of the stuff that's been going on over the last six, six weeks it's it's um it's completely disrespectful to the club's fan base and you know it won't be all that long and people they'll be screaming out to renew your membership and renew for fucking what yeah you know we've got all the promise in the world but the board looks in a different direction to the to the CEO who looks in a different direction to the players who look in a completely different direction again from the coach it's it's fucking disappointing to see um the only real highlights as far as the tigers um, when I think we're, we're, we're Blake Austin and the young centre, um, that's a that's a pilly. I don't know if it's fine or it's another. It's a matter Utah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine or Finay or, Finet, yeah. or yeah. Um, 
he looks quite the talent, and there's been a lot of people talking about him um, all season, and it's good to, to see that through an exemption, he's he's had a bit of a crack at first grade, and he certainly didn't disgrace himself. Um, as for the Raiders, we got touched up by Jared Croker, which fucking pains me, <laughs> and and Jack Whiten, which pains me again. Um, I, I don't know that Milford had a, a you know a huge influence on the game. He scored a try at the end, which Buttress probably would have should have scored yep. himself, but dished it off and. Um, you know, Raiders have got back-to-back wins, and um, I don't know if it takes any pressure off Stewart, but there's a hell of a lot of pressure on the West Tigers at the moment. And, and you know, I'm not sure if even if we beat Cronulla by 200 points this weekend, um, which is probably unlikely. Um, you might not just get there just quite. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, one hell of an interesting off-season, put it that way. Free go nine. If the Raiders played this well all season, they would have had a chance of finishing 13th. <laughs> Soldier 04. A good night for Rick. First back-to-back wins in forever and won't get back-to-back wooden spoons. Hash, second last isn't last. Chapo, the creator. Has a team ever collapsed like the West Tigers have, have this season before? Hash, Tigers in decline. Yeah, a lot of it's had to do with injuries as as well, but it's, it's just the attitude and the general feel of the club. You know... You, you see him in the dressing room. You see him running out. There's, there's something that's just off kilter, and it's it's um it's put a stink on the club. That's for sure. Unky D. Instead of two spoons in a row, the Tigers gift Ricky a much less likely result: two consecutive wins. And the Ben Z. Shame on Sharks and Tigers for letting Ricky escape the spoon. White and looked handy at fullback. Tigers bravely put one hand on the cup of feces. Sydney Roosters 24 defeated Melbourne Storm 12 at Allianz. A crowd of just under 14,000 there on Saturday night. The Roosters 24 came from a uh, double to Daniel Tupo. James Maloney, Aidan Guerra also with tries. Maloney, three from four conversions and a penalty. And the Storm, a double to Billy Slater and two conversions from two attempts to Cameron Smith. I think this is another game that it probably shows that the slow burn of the Roosters from uh, from weeks gone by is becoming a... a a lot more fierce and, and fairly intense. Uh, pretty tight game at half-time in a, in a nice warm-up for, for finals footy. Both teams really knuckled down and, and went about their business in the middle and, and pushed up on the fringes, and it was, it was fucking tough going in that first half. Uh, it's, it's that time of year at the moment where... You, you can see players have got one eye, one eye on the final series and, and the class is really starting to shine through. I thought Maloney had a, a cracker of a game. Um, Slater played really well and this is the time of year they play for and um, it's it's really showing that, as I said, the players are, are gearing up for what hopefully is going to be a, a really exciting final series. At Benny27, Roosters fans equals Titans fans. Hard to argue, really. Jeez. Hammers. It's probably worse from the Roosters, given that they're premiers. Yeah, you'd think they would get you some know, kind of rub. They had, you know, seven years of, of mediocrity. Yeah. Uh, Hammers, the Corabetti Corridor is the new Ashford Avenue. <laughs> Hash, license to print money. Well, a lot of people were critical of the Tigers, especially um, in light of some of the injuries they had after they let Cora go, but he's, he's a fucking liability in defence. No yeah, but he's it. still probably a better option than what you're trotting out in the wings at the minute. Still, yeah, well, no that. one could have really predicted we're going to have yeah. Corey Patterson on one wing. Yeah, yeah, yep. 
Ryan Finance. Pierce was massive. Defense was amazing. Easter marching. And, uh, and Ryan's fapping. <laughs> and then mopping. Highway. Glad to see the purple cheats get done. Billy, not his go Slater, up to his dirty tricks again. 15 v 13 and still couldn't win. New Zealand Warriors 42 defeated the Gold Coast Titans nil. Mount Smart Stadium, 13,500 in attendance. And the tries went as follows. Ben Henry, Sean Johnson, Dominic Peyru, Nathan Friend, double to Sam Tompkins and Conrad Harrell. And uh, seven from seven conversions from Sean Johnson. How much were the Warriors rue last week's big loss? <laughs> 42, yep. 42 nil here. Um, probably should have went on with it more. Certainly made the damn game. Yeah, certainly, yeah, it was... 20, I think it was over there. I think it was 53rd minute they got to be 42 nil in front. So they had almost the entire second half to add to that. And they only needed to grab another eight points to uh, get ahead of the differential of the Broncos. So, Yeah, I, I think they're going to... Depending on how, how results go this weekend, they're, they're in danger of missing out just on differential alone. And, and, you know, this game where they had a good 20-odd minutes to, to pile on the points in last week's horrible loss... Is um you know be something they could be talking about on their trip to Bali. You think the verdict's still out on Tompkins? Has he spent a season trying to get used to the speed and the yeah verdict? The, the, the verdict's not out for me. It's it got returned weeks ago. He's shit. Righto. I overrated, think overrated, um, overhyped. One of the worst imports of all time. Oh, that's that's just true. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Just a hundred percent fact. I know. Oh, I. I think a guy of that size and playing the way that he does, I think he probably needed a season um, to get used to the physicality and the speed of the game and, and find his feet. And I, th- I think he's shown enough that um, that next season, if he sticks around, um, is, is is probably going to see a much improved version of Sam Tompkins in the NRL. Um, he had some classy touches in this game, but the Titans weren't a great deal of resistance, and I'm worried that they're not responding to Henry's appointment, which is, is fairly distressing given that he's just signed a new three-year contract. Yep. So if the Titans aren't... Res- if their players aren't responding now, it um, makes you wonder what a new three-year deal is going to get out of them for, the, for their coach. Yep, exactly. Um, where are we? Up, hop, sh- The Warriors covering the 15.5 line after 17 minutes. Titans, you are shit. <laughs> and Hammers... Wasn't expecting much from the Titans, but fuck me dead can Warriors give them the full... Fucking fuck me dead, the Warriors gave them the full Alabama hot pocket. Can we we forfeit next week? (laughs) Matches around, Sunday afternoon football, Mighty Manly Seagulls 26, defeat the Penrith Panthers 25 in one of the most epic games. Certainly epic of this season, and uh, just one of the most epic games that I can recall. Crowd of 18,654 at Brookvale was fucking packed. And the tries went as follows. Uh, Manly's 26 came from tries to Jamie Bureau, Jamie Lyon, double to T-Red, Tommy Simons with the hottest wagon rugby league, and Hassan also with a try. Jamie Lyon, three from five conversions, defeating the Panthers. 25 tries came to Nigel Plum, Jamie Soward, Josh Mansour, Jamal Idris, and uh, Matt Mullen got a field goal. Soward with three from four conversions and a penalty goal. How many times have Manly done that since we've been doing this show? Don't know, but it's three times this season. Para Knights and this, just all last play win, wins. So, just can't give up on them if if you're their opposition. And I think this is a really good lesson for Penrith. As much as they'll be heartbroken and um, and you know feel like the the game slipped through their 
fingers. This is a good game to get out of the way pre-finals. Um, and there's some, some, and Cleary said as much in the press conference, there's some lessons to be taken out of the game. Um, you know, they need to maintain their physicality with, with a side like Manly. If, if you're off just an inch, um, they will overpower you. And if, if they can hang in there for for 70 odd minutes and then jag it at the death they they have no hesitation they're a patient football side and a, and a high quality uh side with a lot of great individual players so you, if you don't put them to bed if you don't put them to the sword um you do run the risk of of having them run over the top of you late and they've done it as you say a few times this season already and since we've been doing this show um there's been a number of occasions where couple you know, against the broncos yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a couple against Cronulla too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Oh, that was Just, that epic one with Oldfield and that where yeah. they were down 13 nil mm. and came back to 13 all and yeah. did that chip on the last play of the game and ran away and scored. Yeah. Just want to talk about Brett Stewart. I know you got a lot. You'll have a lot to say about the the, the game and the excitement and all the rest of it. But I just want to talk about Brett Stewart um, in much the same vein that I spoke about what May last week. Last week. Um, Brett Stewart is a, is a fantastic talent in the game, and he showed it um, showed it here against Penrith as well. He had some some of those touches which you expect from him. Um, fantastic player, and I think he'll be successful no matter where he plays. Um, which is uh, it's a, it's a bit like Watmo, but I just think it's it's the the impact that it has on his legacy, and and he he just. If Brett Stewart, he's not going to have the same impact at a, you know, if he goes to Canberra, the GIO Stadium, he's not going to be the prince of no GIO. One, no one gives a fuck if he scores a try every game there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, these guys, you know, it's it's okay to take the moral high ground and and really stand on your digs if if that is indeed what's happening, and um, I can't say for sure, but if. If they leave, they need to be very fucking careful about what they're going for. They can't leave anyway. They can be allowed to leave. That's, yeah. You know, they... and, that, and that's fine. The club may see that it's too much of a hassle and, and grant them the release they want. But I just think the players are doing themselves a disservice. The club will move on. Um, you know, Hickel is already a, a ready-made replacement. Yep. You know? And, and what may... You know, there's guys there that can take his place that have already tasted for the Yeah, and that have done. I mean, you know, he's been away for a number of games this year. Exactly. Um, so, just while they're in in the midst of a, you know, another really successful season and, and are primed for a, a big assault on the finals, I'm just worried about once this season's over and, and the dust settles and, and players, you know, get that, um, you know, get this season out of the way however it might finish and they start you know digging their heels in about you know taking this moral high ground that they're reportedly taking I just think that they're the ones going to lose out in the end yeah Penrith what do you you still don't rate them still don't think they're no even even when even when we were playing shit for the first 65 minutes of this game I still felt that like we seem to make territory against them you know, as much as we wanted to and everything. But then we'd, you know, throw an intercept. Mm. Try Penrith. You know, momentum goes back the other way. Then we do something else, throw another intercept. You know, try. Momentum goes back the other way. In the last 15 minutes, they stopped giving them those things that they were giving them. 
and the game opened up, Penrith were tired. I don't know why. I mean, if they just, you know, if they had just injected so much into the, you know, the first half or something like that. But they were tired. They looked like they were out on the feet. And, you know, the more experienced Manly guys just took advantage of that. I mean, the second half, you know, there was a large track there without Bureau, who's done his ACL, gone for the season. Matty Ballin as well. He didn't play in the second half. And, you know, it's amazing that they kept things going in that sort of situation. And it just, it was so fucking entertaining to get the win that way and to see Jamie Soward's true colours come out again. He's kept them to himself a little bit. I mean, he's been doing the six-shooter thing and that's that's irritating as all fuck. But he's kept the real douchebag of himself, you know, kind of subdued this season and the Penrith fans have got around him and, you know, they've supported him after being, you know, initially, you know, reluctant to embrace him and, you know, wondering what the fuck the, crowd, the, the club was thinking employing him. But wow, he went full Soward in this game. And uh, and you never go full set. The cat in the hat. The cat's out of the hat now. He's fucking. He's born back in <laughs> he's full. Thrown his hat on he's thrown his hat on the ground. The is off. So it was great to see him, and it's just great to see a side that's always in, that's just that's always in a fucking contest. But also the way that they things weren't happening for them, and so they they tried some weird fucking looks in in offense as well. Like you saw that the the situation that allowed them to score the try to get them back in the game, get them back to twenty two twenty five where the ball went from right to left, last tackle on the wing, on the on the right wing, Kieran Foran is running down the right wing, puts a kick ahead to Idris, and then, you know, then the tackle comes in, and Idris drops the ball, and Manly get the ball back and score shortly after. And then you see the way that they set, the, they constructed the last play to win the game. It was a standard, it was a fairly routine set. They didn't make much yardage, except on one play where Foran had an excellent run down the left for probably about 30 metres. And then you saw Jamie Lyon get the ball got passed out to the right to Jamie Lyon. He immediately cuts back to the center of the field and gets tackled. And then he's in position so that Foran doesn't have to do a cross field bomb all the way across to the right hand side for Lyon to jump up. He just has to put it up in the midfield and Lyon was there, the best guy, the best jumper for the ball in the side in terms of jumping the you know, getting useful touches on the ball, like batting it back and that sort of thing. And so he gets up there. Genius catch on the ball, releases it in one motion to fucking Jason King of all people, who hoiks out a great pass out to the right, which then goes to I think it was Hiku who then uh, sends it on to to um, T Red for the try. But just some amazing touches from some legends of the club, and like Kingy in his last Brookvale game, to to lay on the pass that created the space. Just fucking ridiculous, and then you know it goes on to you know the way that Penrith were trying to conduct their press conference, and Manly's team song was just drowning him out. If you go on NRL.com, you can't. It does. It's not as much. It's not as obvious now. They've cleaned up the audio and tried to really um, pump up the volume that came from the mics for Cleary and Soward. But uh, let me tell you, when you watch that press conference live, it was ridiculous. It was deafening the Manly team song, and you couldn't hear what they were saying. So I'll I tell you what the biggest danger is. And this is going to sound funny, but it's a big danger. Um, for the other teams that finish in the top eight, if Manly do happen to drop a game whilst they've still got a, a, a chance to, to play again the following week, yeah. um, if they drop, you know, week one of the finals, yeah. then I, I'd probably say they'd go on and win it. That just The thing is, you know, when they get... Sometimes when they get on a bit of a roll and, you know, things look like they're going a bit easy for them, then they might have that one game out of however long that where they have that complacent game. Yeah. 
And but they, they, they may win. have that in the finals. Well, but. when they have those complacent games, though, they're they're eighty minute games where they're just down the whole time. And mm. I mean, we've had a couple of those where we've managed to pull it out, like the Eels game. That was all that was pulled out in the last fifteen minutes, and and one in the final play, the Knights game. That was definitely that was pulled out in about the last thirteen minutes with the, you know with the field goal in the final play, and then this one. You know, probably 65 minutes. I mean, they were, they were down, what, 12-24, I think, when they started to kick in. So they were kind of in there grinding a little bit. But, you know, to score those, those you know, last couple of tries, uh, it was all in sort of the last 15 minutes as well. So I don't know. I mean, the four, you know, losing losing Ballon is is big. It's massive. I mean, he's one of the un, unheralded, unsung And how long is he going for? Could be season, don't know. Right. Um, he's definitely. And Bure's hurt too, yeah. Yeah, Bure's gone. He would, be, would he be the next guy? He'd be second, yeah. So, and now I have to watch the game again and see what the fuck they were doing in dummy half after Bure was gone off, because whatever they did, it was working for them. I mean, uh, mm. they seem to be getting good service and everything like that. So I'm not sure who actually rocked in there and was doing that. But um, yeah, they need to. I mean, I, I think. I have to look at the team list when we get down to that section. I think you know maybe Hodges gets his run. I mean he's had a run before and he wasn't great uh, as a as a reserve brought on in a game where we were losing and you know in the last yeah. couple of minutes. So I guess we'll see how we go. I mean in dummy half you just need a guy who can pass the ball correctly to the right guy and you know keep things moving forward. Um, Matty brings a lot of defence to the table though, and that's the thing that you'd miss the defence in the middle. The amount of work he does is just you don't you don't see it. It's invisible work that he does, and then you look at his stats afterwards. You go, "Wow, he's made sixty tackles." Yeah. So that's what they're really going to miss. Penrith for Penrith's part, I mean, you got to give them credit the fact that they had injuries and uh, and Cleary prepared them in such a way that they actually played for the most part of the game like a cohesive side that wasn't missing pieces. You know, so I think he's definitely going to win Coach of the Year in Dally M. I mean, he'd have to at this point. Um, Deservedly so, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely so. So, yeah, credit them for that. But but they lose credit for the way that little fucking Soward carried on like an absolute whinging little bitch. Irritating little... The more I think about it, he's top of my list for punching in the face now. Fucking irritating little cunt that he is. And... Uh, Jamie, Lyon, um, Jamie Lyon doesn't mind a chat with the referee either, buddy. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, he doesn't he doesn't carry on, and you know, you can't be serious. Well, just because Jamie Lyons doesn't have a, a lisp doesn't mean <laughs> that he doesn't talk to the referee a lot, mate. But Jamie Jamie Lyon is he's he's a different. And, and quite frankly, I, I think it's you know, it's fairly he's a di- fairly he's childish and uh, and and immature, Nathan, for you to you know the difference- make fun of people's you know speech impediments. Oh, I fucking bring Liz Smiley in here too. I'll make fun of her. Now, um, the thing is with Jamie Lyon as well. I mean, his his referee approaching is tactical nine times out of ten. It's to try and get it's just to try and get a break and get line set and things like that. Sowers was in a dead ball situation where he came up and then he went back at the referee again twenty seconds later after the full time hooter and had to be dragged off by a trainer. So that's a different situation. <laughs> the fact is, Jamie seemingly had a legitimate gripe, whereas Jamie Sowers generally. Does not. He's just trying to stop the game. Yeah, I know what you said then. I agree with you hundred percent because you said it the backwards way. You said it backwards. What you did, you, you were trying to dump Jamie Lyon in the shit there, but you ended up doing it the opposite way. So yes, I do agree with you. 100%. Did I say Jamie Lyon or Jamie Sowers? You said Jamie Sowers at the end there. So yeah, I agree hundred percent with what you said. <laughs> it's odd. You know what I mean. Mickey T, nineteen eighty-five. Fucking heartbreaking. Didn't deserve that. With eleven blokes injured, how they played, deserved to win. Gutted. Games go for 80 minutes, though. DeLorean Grey, Premier Sports subscription, £9.99. 
iPad, 300 pound. Seeing Jamie Sowd go apeshit with the mighty manly win, priceless. That's disgraceful. Michael Darren, 79. The big question is, does Gus still love his Sunday footy? And uh, the <laughs> the other question was, I was looking on the uh, Sydney Morning Herald website to see, you know how Gus always has an article that's a flourish, uh, you know, with a flourish about what happened on the Sunday game? Not a fucking thing. Not a word. And uh, Bay Bay BNC, I'll forget that first 65 tomorrow, but I'll remember that ending and the crowd reaction till I die. Hash, Sunday's at Brookie forever. <laughs> And uh, I agree. I mean, I was uh, what the game finished. I watched it live. Game finished by done and dusted by five o'clock. Went out, picked up some dinner and stuff like that. And my heart rate hadn't gone down to normal. I I feel it picking up just talking about it again. Even the, my heart rate hadn't gone down to normal at seven o'clock. And then like the fucking idiot that I am, I um jumped on live stream at nine o'clock before I started doing some work. And then I couldn't sleep to one. So shit was amazing. You've only got yourself to blame. It's fucking magical. Blue underscore beaver. The haters were rubbing their little red rockets in anticipation of a manly loss. Put your lipstick away, fuckers. Hash, so brave. And Benny27. Sowage complaining about timekeeper's errors? Maybe stop taking 45 minutes to do restarts and conversions in front of the goals. And that's a valid point. Monday night foot bitch. And it's the final Monday night foot bitch of the year. It is. North Queensland Cowboys, 20. Defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 19. Who saw this happening up there at 1,300 teeth? Poor crowd of just over, or just under 12,000 people. And the points went as follows. Cowboys 20, a double to Jason Tamalolo. Thurston also with a try. Thurston three from three conversions and critically two field goals from two attempts. One of which, of course, was in regulation time. And after the game had been tied up, he got the winner in uh, golden point extra time. The Sharks 19 came from tries to Pat Politoni and a double to Sasai Fecky. Holdsworth got the field goal on their side, and Gordon three from three conversions. Fucking courageous effort from the Sharks. So brave. <laughs> they, so brave. You know, we can, we can debate the reasons as to why they're playing without so many players, and, and a lot of it's, you know, some of it's to do with injury, some of it's to do with s- some fuckery within the club um, for which the players have, have taken a bit of the fall. But and some of it's just pissing in their mouth. Yeah, there's that too. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Um... But I'll tell you what, if the Tigers had shown that sort of heart and determination to try and um, overcome... Canberra. Some... <laughs> you would have won 40-0. <laughs> Look, the, the line was 37.5 points. Yeah. They were $13 to win. Some fucking putters made some money on this game, just from the closeness of just, it. Just, you know, if the Tigers had, had shown that, that sort of guts... Um, at any point over the last six weeks, you'd, you know, I'd be a lot happier as a Tigers fan. But um, so really impressed with you know Cronulla, even though they didn't get the the result that they were trying so hard to get. Um, there were some guys that are barely reserve grade standard in that team. Yeah, there was a New South Wales Cup side, I think, yeah. overall average standard. Uh, and I don't know what that says about North Queensland, but I'll tell you what at it home. says about. Sorry? At home, too. Yeah. I'll tell you what it says about Jonathan Thurston. Um, he was involved in every last fucking good thing the Cowboys did all night. Yep. Um, he was everywhere. He made important tackles out wide as well. Uh, it wasn't just what he was doing in, in attack. Um, and then just promptly delivered the victory <laughs> um, to, you know, to keep them 
all to, to guarantee them a final spot because they yep. weren't guaranteed if they had a went down That's in that right. game. So, um, just an amazing player. He's got them into the eight. How far he can take them just with performances like that, I don't know. He needs, um, he needs. I, th- I think I said it last week, you need players that are willing to step up and stand by him and, and, and show that same level of determination and competitiveness to, to get a result. And um, I don't know there's too many in the NRL, let alone more in the Cowboys team than other than JT. But something, um, you know, I think Cronulla fans would be pretty chuffed with that effort given, you know, some of the bullshit they've had to endure this year. That is, uh, was, it was still a positive, although... Uh, not a win. Yeah, as I said on Twitter, I think it was today, they're like the Socceroos. Yeah, their fan base are, are happy with a win as long as they compete. Oh, no, sorry, happy with a loss as long as they compete. Much like I've been over much of the last six weeks. Um, I reckon they would have went into that game thinking this is going to be like record-breaking fucking loss sort of stuff. Yeah. And to, to go down in Golden Point, take it. Yep. Yeah. At Up 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 Cronulla. Golden Point loss with our 37th player on the field and Ashford. Enjoy your one week in the finals again this year, Cowboys. Um, shithead listener. Clearly, the Cowboys will be bundled out of the final, finals quicker than a Mitch can access Reddit. And he's got hash Fappageddon. That's, of course, in reference to what happened on the internet yesterday, the fappening. Got it. And uh, Mitch Dorlow 8. How brave were the Sharks tonight? So, so brave. So, so very brave. Hash Tigers in decline next week. Which we're going to get to. And we'll see what you got to say about it. <laughs> Previews kicking off Thursday night football. The timing of this game is very weird and suspicious. But anyway, the Sydney Roosters versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Allianz. Big game. Important for both sides. Um, nothing to say they won't meet again in a few weeks. Um, to play Manly, for the right to play Manly in the grand final. Yes, I agree. 100%. Please continue. <laughs> um, Adam Reynolds out for the for the Bunnies. Um, Luke Keary moves to halfback. John Sutton into 5'8". Um, other than that, still a pretty impressive side. Um, the Roosters continue to build, and I think they, with without Reynolds, um, it's going to take a, a, a real GI special to get South over the hump. So um, I think Greg Inglis is probably the only real obstacle to a Roosters victory, and I, I'm probably prepared to back the Roosters to uh, to get the job done. Yeah, I think the uh, at this stage the Roosters. I've probably got it. I mean, the loss of Jake Friend is a big one, though. Mitch Orbison in the nine, you know, doesn't offer much. I think in, in comparison, well, certainly in comparison, in comparison yeah. to what Friend does. So, how much that 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 hobbles what happens for them in attack, and you know, just to, as far as to play the ball, that's so concerned. Is Jake is he out for long term now? Or? Uh, they say out for the season, but then there's articles like, oh, you know, he's. You know, he's making miraculous recovery and stuff mm. like that. So, you know, maybe it's just this week. I, I guess we'll find out. Um, but, yeah, look, it's hard. South, I mean, you know, it's an 80-minute game and South only, you know, they played an 80-minute game last week and only really got on top probably 10 minutes before the end of the game. 
uh, if they want to try and play that shit this time. Great. I, I don't think they were great. No, by any I don't think the so. last week. But they're not going to get away with that sort of thing about against the Roosters. No. And so if that happens, then the Roosters will certainly win. I still think that they've got enough to edge them anyway. But these games, you know, a lot of feeling in them. A lot of hatred in them between the fan yeah. bases. And, uh, you know, they get pretty excited. I enjoy so, the rivalry. Yeah. Okay, Friday Night Football. Melbourne Storm take on the Brisbane Broncos in a match with, uh, finals, with finals implications. It'll be where the, the Storm's relentlessness and um and structure can get over Brisbane's desperation to make the finals. Um I think the fact that Melbourne are at home, um and the Broncos don't have a, a fantastic record down there and have had their you know, I think they've had a couple of hidings down there as well. So it doesn't all go well for the Broncos. They'll um they'll need to be at their absolute best and I think the storm the storm will have to be down a peg or two in order for the Broncos to get the win. I don't think a week out from the finals that that's going to happen. I think there's too many consummate professionals in the Melbourne side and I think they'll they'll um, get over the top of the Broncos. Yep. This is final shit. This is the shit that Bellamy, you know, lives for. He'll have them prepared. The Broncos, they've had some good performances of late. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't... I think when it comes down to it, I think they're a level behind size like the Storm, who although the Storm are down the ladder a little bit this year, they still have flashes and, you know, not even flashes. They go through periods of being the side that, you know, you expect them to be. Yeah. And I think with it all on the line, the, the Friday, Friday night will be, Friday night will be one of those, one of those occasions. Saturday, 3 p.m., West Tigers take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Leichhardt Oval in the final instalment of the Cup of Feces Tri-Series. You know what? Can I go back to that other game? Yes, Sure. It's Jackson's birthday. I have to tip the Broncos. All right. Just for the little fella. Even though he's a traitorous, traitorous child, I still want him to have a happy birthday. All right. Because I'm a good parent. Yeah, but his birthday would be almost over. I'm by a then, much though. better parent than he is a child. He's a, his birthday would be almost over then, though. So I mean, you, you can <laughs> give him a good day in the lead up. Yeah, let's get this Tigers game out of the way. Okay, go. Um. It's at Leichhardt Oval. It's the last game of the season. It's at a family-friendly time. If the West Tigers can't get some fans there and if they can't put a performance in front of those fans to make them proud on the last day of the fucking season before they all piss off to, to Bali or Vegas, wherever the fuck it is, they're going to drown their sorrows over these last six or seven weeks of, of absolute fucking diabolical, pathetic performances. Um then I don't really know what to say. I will just have an, an off-season myself of of uh, not really giving too much of a fuck about football other than come November I'll have the Springfield Panthers under seven whites running some sand deals or something out of frustration. <laughs> um, then you'll be calling them Tigers and they'll be like, we're not Tigers. Yeah. Shut up, kid. Just fucking run. Whatever I say you are. You're the fucking solo and the bananas. You're not my boss. Um... Fuck, we've got to be able to beat the Sharks, haven't we? Look, I thought... I, I can't say with any confidence. You know, it wasn't all that long ago, Nathan. I was I was confident the Tigers were going to do a job on anyone. They could beat anyone in the competition. They were going to be in the finals. They were going to be the team that no one wants to face if they make exactly. it in the finals somehow. Now they are the team that no one wants to face because they're like, how the fuck did you guys get in here? 
<laughs> Does that mean we're out of the finals if you have to play the Tigers? And yeah. we're Bali? Is this beach <laughs> and we're <footy>? dead? <laughs> Is this a nightmare? I'm tipping, tipping the Tigers because I have to. Um, but if they lose to the Sharks, I don't think I'll be here next week. I'm tipping Tigers because of Leichhardt. For for no other reason. Fair enough. And if the Sharks win this game, that will cement the West Tigers as the as the Cup of Feces Tri Series winners. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, no one wants that. I think even regardless of the result, I think they will we'll probably win it anyway. <laughs> we need to get some sort of uh, methodology around how we how we award a winner there. <laughs> like obviously straight wins. I mean, if it's a pool situation, I you were going to say we need to get some way to to build a Cup of Feces. I'm like bags not filling it. Oh, what you're not you're not shitting now. Sorry. You're not shitting now? Oh, not in a cup. <laughs> aim's not that good. Saturday, 5.30pm, the Canberra Raiders take on the Eels at GIO Stadium with a match that, uh, once again, finals implications, but also just uh, lols. Yeah. Ricky comes against Ricky. his former club. He, he can knock him out. If he wins, they're not going to make the finals. It's all there for Ricky to have his revenge. But, I mean, do you think that guy can get three games together in a row? The way that the Parramatta Eels were humbled last week, I think, is going to make them a very difficult proposition. Uh, they would have had a, got their asses kicked in training this week for the opportunity to let slip, and I don't think that uh, a team like Canberra is going to be able to stop them. Yeah, I think Parramatta will put 50 on them. 50? Yep. Nice. That's what I like to hear. When Jared Haynes, my captain and supercoach. Okay, Saturday night, North Queensland Cowboys take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles up there at 1,300 teeth. And this one, Matty Ballon's been named. Well, it's not fucking going to last long because he's been ruled out now. So I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Jaden Hodges will be the one that they put in there, but um, I guess we'll find out. Maybe it'll be Jason King. Who knows? <laughs> um, I think the Eagles might cruise through this one. I think the Cowboys might squeak out a victory, but I don't know that it'll mean too much to the Eagles are they are they that keen to win the Miami Premiership they just... I don't think so they just wanted to finish top four was the goal yeah um, and they've maintained that for quite a long time I think I think although Cowboys backing up after Monday night Monday night football short turnaround the the fact that they were run so close by the Sharks though yeah there's a fatigue aspect but I think it's also going to sting that you know a shit team like the Spooners Sharks yeah and they'll have all so the motivation to... in the world to to try and um and Make they, a bit of a statement against Manly. And, you know, if they win this game, then they put themselves in a position that if results go their way, they they may be able to sneak in the top four. Is that right? Mm. Oh, At the expense I'd of Penrith, maybe? I'd have to have a look. So, you know, there's, there's things to play for on both sides. But I don't think that Manly are going to want to obliterate themselves to win to win this game. Mm. I think that they, That's why I've tipped the Cowboys. I just think yeah. Manly will have one, one eye on the following week and... Um, if they can... And just trying to basically not get injured. I think that's that's probably the main goal. And if they find themselves in a position to win the game, I'm sure they'll do their best to um, to get the result, but... Yeah, definitely. Um, if, yeah. The, if the Cowboys serve up what they did on Monday night, then yeah. Manly will say, thank you very much, motherfuckers. May I have another? And, uh, you know, run some tries through and, you know, have a bit of fun and take the 100 Gs. Okay, Newcastle Knights take on St. George Illawarra Dragons at Hunter. This is the old boys one, right? It must be, yeah. 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 So, so if they can put on a performance like that last week and it wasn't Old Boys Day, then they should do a job on the Dragons. Glenn has given a very detailed history, history lesson over the course of this episode in between the deep feud between the Matautias and the Matty Utahs. And now it'll be settled on the field as Peter comes up against Sione and Chanel. I just 
Yeah. What if mum and dad have got signs at the game? Mum and dad will be they on They say the same the thing, but people read them differently. Well, that's right. They don't do a lot to really sell their own point, do they? Their own point of view. This is a very confusing feud between the Matauti and Matty Utahs. Hyphenated name. Yeah, now, this is a difficult game. It's Straight. not really. Newcastle are going to fucking smash it. Well, it's old boys, it's old boys isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it has to be said that Newcastle have a lot of current old boys in their side. <laughs> yeah. So um, those guys are going to be jacked up and ready to perform. Yeah. I think this will be a nice way for the Knights to uh, put a stamp on the end of their season, which has been uh, marred by the Alex McKinnon situation. And, um, and you know, it it's led to a, a fairly heavy strain on the on the club as a whole. Yep. Um, well, they've lost, you know, they've the, whole, good... the whole Tinkler things are yeah. gone through this year. Yep. They've Darius had their trials Floyd. and tribulations. They've had a lot going on, yeah. Um, and, and I don't mean to make light of any of those. And I, I think Old Boys Day, um, if... You know, it's Sunday afternoon. Be a, a good crowd, regardless of how the nights are going. They generally get some pretty good crowds out there, and um, this is a pretty special day. Last game of the season, and uh, Dragons without a great deal to play for. I think they'll uh, do a job on the Dragons. Okay, and uh, Sunday thirteen plus thirteen plus. Oosh, okay. Sunday, three p.m. game. Gold Coast Titans take on Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs at Seabus Super Stadium. The final game for Luke Bailey. He gets to serve it out in front of, uh, you know, half a dozen of the, the shit cunts who... Well, no, they're not. They're the ones that turn up. The ones that aren't shit cunts that go for the Titans, I should say. And uh, and they're going to watch Canterbury slaughter them by about 32 to 36 points. Yeah, I think the Bulldogs will be far too good. Um, they'll lock away their space in the eight uh, with a pretty convincing performance. I don't know the Titans are... Other than Luke Bailey's... Um, in retirement, I don't know that they've got a great deal to play for. As good as Luke Bailey's been over his career, I don't see him busting, their, the busting their asses like Manly did in the yeah. last couple of minutes to get a win on the special yeah. day. You know, exactly. Nah. Okay, and uh, Sunday night, which of course replaces Monday night football, um, the Penrith Panthers take on the New Zealand Warriors out there at Sporting Bet. This one has finals implications, and this one is a, a very interesting game because I think it's winnable for the Warriors too. I think it is, and I, I wonder how much you know. Some of these young blokes in in Penrith side will will have been uh, stung by the the game against Manly, but uh, they'd have had a, they will have had a full week to to recover and prepare for the Warriors, and they'll need to be at their best. But um, I just think purely the fact that they're at home, uh, Penrith will will just squeak out a bit of a victory, probably two to four points. Penrith should win, but this one. You know, the Warriors win this one. I mean, it gets them most of the way there, doesn't it? So, yep. a lot to play for. And, uh, you know, a desperate team's a dangerous team. Penrith are... And they, they'll have... I mean, i tell you what. If the results of the other games go their way and the Warriors need to win to, to make the eight... Yeah. They'll know what happens there. for a yeah. cracking contest. They'll know the equation before they get in there, which is really, I think, beneficial for them. Mm. So, uh, which is dangerous for Penrith because Penrith are kind of um, are basking in the, you know, the, the glory or, you know, the, the warm feelings associated with their back in the finals. But they need this for their top four. Yeah. And uh, and get that, you know, d- double shot. So, a lot to play for. It's the most interesting game, I think, of the, uh, of the weekend because uh, it's the last game. A lot of stuff's played out beforehand and this is going to be the final piece to see where things lay down. And both teams... You know, unlike a lot of the other games, both teams have a lot to play for. 
And that is full time for episode 170. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. And uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And uh, make sure you hit the like button, share stuff around. Uh, we say this every week and um, sometimes you listen. iTunes, we've got two reviews this week. Wow. Two reviews, both on the same day. The Any first one, one stars? Five stars from both of them. The first one is by someone by the name of Good One Seven Eight Nine. So I'd say they've just thought of the quickest username they can possibly bash in there to get this review out of the way. The header is a good review and good preview, and the uh, text of the review is it's great. Full stop. Is that it? Get on it, you Gronks. Oh, no full stop. Okay. So yeah, shortened to the point. Look, I agree. They're fairly accurate. I agree. Get on it, you Gronks. If you're not listening to the show, get on it. How will you get this message? <laughs> and finally, we've got one, uh, Twill, T-W-I-L, five stars, by our friend, Lynn Shields. Fantastic. Oh, Best God. NRL podcast by two guys from Brisbane ever. It's backhanded. That's, golf, yeah, it's back. Yeah. Fucking see her around the grand final and give her a backhand. Well, she needs to be careful. <laughs> At her age, giving backhanders, chalky old bones and stuff, osteoporosis, etc., I'm, well, I'm concerned for your welfare, Lenny. <laughs> All right, tipping. This is fucking great. It's going down to the wire again this year. The winner, if I have to give you guys some more incentive, the winner is getting a membership next year, 2015 membership. David Kingston on top with 125. Second place, Whitey. On 125. The difference is, you know, the differential they use on that margin game each week. Kingston is 305. Whitey, 325. So it's 20 points. Oh, wow. So they've got to be accurate on their pick this week if they finish the same. Third place, one point behind those two, Shane Aaron Elvis. His differential, 313. So if he was to get one more tip than those two, he could be in the mix based on differential. Desi's Ducks, one point further back. 123. Tigers 12.0, 123. Three-card magic trick on 123. Then on 122, we've got Gleeso, Kylie M, Voodoo Rock, the defending champion, and CA Photo. So we've got three points separating first and tenth. If there's some kind of, you know... Just that photographer Gronk can pick. He yeah. was up there last year too, wasn't he? Yeah. So if there's some, so if there's some upsets, like games that could Better go tipper than he is photographer, that's for sure. Games, games this week that could go either way, like you know, the Panthers game or you know, Knights and Dragons, Cowboys, Sea Eagles, games like that, Broncos Storm. If those games, some of them go the opposite way, mm. Tigers versus Cronulla, even the way that people fall in these games. It's going to decide the competition and every, and there's a good few people that are, uh, you know, you want a perfect round to give yourself the best possible chance, especially if yeah. you're one of those guys in the top 10. Because um, someone could win it from 10th with a perfect round. Jesus. So, Imagine that. Fantasy. The Wendells on top have been for weeks. Never headed. Too Much Tuna second. Mighty Doggies. Sarcastic Pricks. Sticky Fingers Virgo. Dingbats. Mischief. CJs. Bobbers. And NZ underscore Magpie 54. So... Look, I'm going to call it right now. The Wendells are going to win this. Congratulations. You're going to win yourself a uh, 2015 Tool Nation member membership. Congratulations, sir. And, uh, of course, we're still clearing out the uh, fire sale stuff, the Revelation shirts, the Tigers and Decline shirts, the caps, all that good shit. Get on there and grab some of those. Uh, then 
running low. I mean, Tigers in decline. We must mustn't have many of those back. You know, must have like four, maybe. I'm not going to do another fucking stock take. That's for sure. Yeah, like, it's like <laughs> three, maybe the end of it. Three or four of those left, and uh, there's fuck all Revelation shares left, and the caps in some sizes have been uh, massively depleted too, which is excellent. So uh, get in there, grab some gear, and. Uh, support the show and help us clean out some space for the next year's stuff send so, us some photos with you wearing your gear and no pants or whatever yep. or maybe just the gear yep and um with pants you know and it enables us to do things like bulky items like potentially do, you know offer hoodies as separate merchandise item next year and things like that and then of course there's the jerseys too if anyone's got any feedback on that we had a couple of people mention the, that they liked the idea but uh yeah if anyone else has uh, got any thoughts on the uh the uh, the jersey the custom jersey the twill jersey you know, being our colours of course then uh, yeah let us know excellent that's it let's get this uh, let's get this last Tigers game for the season out of the way and move on shall we we can all move on with our lives and of course don't forget tickets on sale for our members meet up and it's a basically for everyone meet up it's a this week in league meet up it's going to be at Hotel LA on September 13th the games, what the double headers, they go 5.30 to 7.30, 7.30 to 9.30. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll be there, you know, kicking it off about uh, from five-ish. And uh, I spoke to the guys at the at the venue and said, look, you know, I'm not sure how it works in terms of how many hours we got the place and that kind of thing. But, you know, I imagine we're going to, you know, it'll all start dying down, you know, 9.30, 10. And she said, uh, that's cool. You got the place till 12, midnight. So get in there, drink, be merry, tell epic tales. And, uh, yeah, just watch the finals in a fucking fun environment with people who love footy. Get on wow, it. Wow, you sold that well. Yeah? I'm going to buy a ticket now. All right. Buy ten. I don't have nine mates. Yeah. Because, you know, someone will actually be there. So, <laughs> in any case. See we, you next we, week. We'll all gasp you out of the hospital for a night out. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Skystar. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Talk to you next week. See, See ya. ya.